Final Fantasy VIII soon. Yes! <laughs> Let's fucking go! Yeah. And I just figured I would say that for the part where, because we just had some music. It's probably whatever you pick, because you're going to pick some, like, uh, I'm poppy, gonna, I'm like, gonna, yeah. What are you picking? Do you I'm, already I'm, I'm picking Smile Bomb, the OP for Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. I've had that stuck in my yeah. head all week. So, as I was going to say, probably some sort of poppy anime theme song. Yes, yes. So, it's going to... People have heard that now. Yeah. Bump up, They're going to hear bump, that I think I'm going to play Final Fantasy VIII soon. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, there's going to be Bela Lugosi's Dead coming in, and then there'll be the whole episode. I was, I was driving to, to Michigan to see my parents this week, and... Um, I was trying to end this. You can go, though. <laughs> I, I, I literally, on my drive out there... Um, was kind of losing my mind a little bit, trying to focus. I had to, I stopped at a Starbucks somewhere near the state line in Michigan, and um, I got a quad-tall blonde Americano, and I got to the window, and I was like, can you see if my my partner numbers still work? And I gave them my, my employee discount numbers. My Probably because the pay period ends yesterday, uh, but at the time, my employee discount still worked, and I was like, fuck yes, and she's like, why? And I was like, oh, I quit the other day. 
<laughs> I didn't think that would still work. But yeah, so I was, I was, lo- anyway, I was losing my mind trying to stay awake for this, like, last hour of the drive, um, and just put on Final Fantasy VIII music just to be like, oh, I do remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good moment. Just, like, I was just listening, and then I did this also with the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, just, like, listening to little bits and pieces. Don't shake your head at me like Chrono Trigger isn't one of the greatest games ever made. Don't you shake your head at me. Most RPG fan ever. You have Machia face, you know that? I Yes, you've pointed (laughs) this out before. Anyway, Nanahachi is real. Nanahachi.
See, now I'm not chewing. So now is a more appropriate time for you to have started the car. The God! Fucking damn it! <laughs> I really blew out the microphone with that, didn't I? <laughs> it's a podcast. Don't you fucking rot me. <laughs> don't you geckers. Don't you meow. <laughs> don't you growl. <laughs> No fox noises after we hit record. <laughs> I, I still think sometimes where where M was like, I don't think that that Neve actually makes fox noises other than just like t- typing out geckers or whatever. No, and it's most, just they don't usually do it on the podcast. Most of our conversations, you don't say words anymore. You just kind of go meh meh. I do sometimes. It depends on what state I'm in. Yeah, today you. I don't. Been... I don't mean like high. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today you've been depressed, and so most yeah. of your words to me for the last half hour have been. Rah, rah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to record a podcast. So. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. Okay. Things on the docket today. Just to like orient myself, get myself in the podcast space. We got to talk. I, can I interrupt real quickly? Yeah, please. You you did ruin my Neil Cicerega joke. I did. What was your Neil Cicerega joke? You said that you're making mouth sounds. Oh. On the mic, and I was like, we could have opened this with a a song. This is a story of a girl. <laughs> um. That's her mouth silence. What's the? I don't remember. I used you to be would, way you would, more you would know into this. Better than me. I would know better than you, and I used to like this stuff way more than I do. Yeah. I don't even like girl talk anymore. Um, I think all this shit's like played out. I'm not even sure I know what girl talk is. Girl talk is another one of these. Um. Um. The 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 weirder thing is, uh, back in the day. So his like sister, mm-hmm. Emma, I think. Emma or Emmy or Emmy. something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I know she used um, to write for Gravity Falls, and I think she still works in animation. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, somebody who I know, like, through, like, Emily going to, like, art school. Oh, Like, like a okay. slight chain. But it's just, like, yeah. whenever I see that, like, You're you like know, two she did storyboards or something in a show, I'm like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a few people like that, Um, you know. I have a, I have a, someone who I'm actually just direct friends with mm-hmm. who does storyboards for like the current Transformers or whatever. Oh, you were telling me about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, did like kid shows before, but what was I, that reminded me of something. Um, but I guess we know somebody who worked on, uh, the Curious George. Yes. <laughs> my my brain got stuck in just wanting to say the vaguely ra- racist monkey show. <laughs> <laughs> um um I I def- I just told- the base premise of Curious George is real fucking weird. Yeah. Anyway, I told this story on Twitter, I'm pretty sure, but I don't think I've told the story on the podcast and I want to. I went to um, our local bookstore. Um, should I say the name? I should say the name. Yeah. I didn't want to because I'm like, oh, I don't want to get doxxed. But also, like, 
I feel like it's like one of the big bookstores in Chicago. It's one of the people big... know we live in Chicago. Yeah, like if you live on the north side of Chicago, like uh, oh wow, you've narrowed me down to a, a region of about a half a million people. Yeah, you know the the predominantly white region of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Women and Children First, um, which is a fantastic bookstore. Yeah, Women and Children First is a really nice bookstore. If you live in Chicago. Cannot recommend it enough. The staff are always wonderful. Um, I love like the selection of stuff they've got there. I love the stuff that they highlight. I went in to pick up my copy of Matchmaker, which I pre-ordered there a couple months ago. And the person checking me out, they were like, Oh my gosh, I knew Matchmaker was coming out soon. I didn't know we'd already gotten some copies. And I was like, yeah, I know the artist. And they were like, no way. And I was like, yeah, they've done some art for my podcast. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I love Matchmaker so much. And it was like, I felt like I was like, I felt like I had my shades on and I was like a fucking celebrity. I was like big time in this bookstore clerk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm famous because I know Cam Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I give them money in exchange for artwork. <laughs> and sometimes they post art on Twitter and I'm like, that's good. You should draw more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I might have told that story on Sterile's before, but yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you have not purchased a copy of Matchmaker out now, uh, written and illustrated by Cam Marshall, published by Silver Sprocket, pretty sure you could go to like silversprocket.com or something like that. If you have not purchased Matchmaker, you should. Nora, my wife, had not read a single page of Matchmaker before we got our copy. She literally read half of it one night and then set her alarm 45 minutes earlier than normal so she could wake up and read the rest of it before work the next day that's uh that's the best endorsement i could possibly give yeah is that she was as hooked as i was um immediately upon reading it so yeah it's Um, a good comic good comic i was excited for other stuff that cam's doing yeah we got like the the sneak preview you got the sneak preview of some stuff. I'm not going to, like, do any details other than, like... Because, like, who knows? Maybe yeah. they won't pursue that idea. Yeah, but I thought it ruled. I thought it ruled. More. I mean, it's specifically, like, trope stuff I enjoy, too, so... More importantly, I, I shouldn't be telling Cam's business on the podcast. But Cam tweeted something about, like, oh, if this happens, I might draw more Flying Saucer video. And I was, like, sicko's mode immediately. I was like, yeah! <laughs> flying Saucer! <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. That's Flying Saucer contains perhaps the most autumn coded uh Cam Marshall character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, okay. Stuff we want to talk about today. Just to like get myself in the podcast mindset. Not saying we have to go through and make an agenda. Yeah, we're not like really doing the spreadsheet like we did when we had a bunch of movies to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. This is just in the non homophobia zone. Yeah. We never even, like, half the time when we were doing the non homophobia zone, we were writing up the spreadsheet. So we're just going to do that verbally now. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about Persona 4. Yeah. We need to talk Sorry, about. Sorry, We need to talk about Ikoki Nikki. Yeah. I was going to maybe save Persona 4 for last um, <laughs> because I know. So. When you were driving past Beaches this week, yeah, 
I was driving home from visiting my parents, and I was so fucking bored on the drive, because everything... I've been gaming a lot, I've been reading a lot of manga, and so, like, I was trying to listen to podcasts, couldn't really focus. I tried listening to an audiobook, couldn't really focus. I was trying to listen to music, wasn't really finding anything I was into, so I was so fucking bored. And I was like, please call me when you leave work. And so we spoke about Persona 4 for an entire hour and a half. And the thing is that I would happily just repeat everything we said <laughs> verbatim into this microphone. And so I think maybe we should save Persona 4 talk for at least after Ikoku Nikki, if not anything else we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, that is not me saying we need to begin Ikoku Nikki talk immediately. Um, just kind of, like you say, getting every- anything else that I'm missing that we're like, what have you been up to this week? Um, I mean, I've been like reading stuff for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all I do now is read stuff for podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, while I'm at work watching Marissa streams, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotten deep into Holocure. Yeah. So that's the other thing. <clears throat> so then in the evenings, um, if I'm not doing podcast homework, uh-huh. I've been, Gaming on my on my Steam Deck, so I one I did like you helped set up Emu Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through and like, you know, installed a bunch of like, especially PlayStation Two games. Got the like cards set up. Figured out how to do multi disc stuff. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't work with PS Two, but it's fine because it's we haven't really done stairwell since you got a Steam Deck. I think last time you had it, but you hadn't really like maybe played around with it much yet. Yeah, I don't even think you had it yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I had it, had it or not, but, um, I mean, it's been good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like the Vita 2, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but, but also better because it, uh, instantly came out with more games than the Vita ever had. Yes. <laughs> Including every Vita game ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, like, not even, like, including emulation stuff. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. it's just your Steam library, it's still more games than the Vita's ever had. Um, But yeah, also, you don't have to jailbreak it. It's already jailbroken. Yeah. <laughs> shit's running Linux. Yeah, you just switch it over to the Linux desktop mode, and you just install EmuDeck. <laughs> um, so, I'm, I'm excited to, like, dive into some various... You know, old games too. Mm-hmm. Been playing a little bit of Soul Hackers too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enjoying it, although it's like I said this on on around the long fire, but it, it's like not out yet when this episode's coming out because mm. the turnaround on this is shorter than it is for Long Fire. But um, it's a little bit weird because when we get to Persona Four talk. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get into this more. I don't know if you agree with this, but for me, especially like being a a dungeon crawler sicko just for a long time, like just playing them on the computer when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not even I don't even remember what fucking dungeon crawlers they were. Sometimes it was just like I would like find one and I would just be like meticulously drawing maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, the Mega Ten games have never been like quite as intense. Like Etrian Odyssey is just the most like 
let me just like run my face over what what is Dungeon Crawler, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still like an abrasiveness to a Shin Megami Tensei game mm-hmm. that like I need for like the really good scratch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like you just like you know rubbing your back up and down across like some really <laughs> like like you know a bear like scratching its back on wood and and, That's, and like on bark. The That's, Soul Hackers games. Are like kind of throwbacky to the blobber well, days. Well, so right. So the the original Soul Hackers was like where it was more dungeon crawly. Right. It's still the original. The original Soul Hackers isn't a DS game. It's a Saturn game. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but I don't think it got localized in the U.S. until the DS version. I think that's correct. Um, I forgot. I forgot that that's originally a Saturn. Game. Yeah. But and like the original Soul Hackers, I like a lot. But it it has stuff that like Persona Four is, is already getting better about in mm-hmm. some ways. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you know you have Personas that are leveling up as well, and mm-hmm. that you're swapping out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in Soul Hackers, it's like you are the human, and then you just recruit a bunch of demons, and that's the rest of your party. And I'm pretty sure in the original Soul Hackers, those demons do not level up. Okay. The only way to get stronger demons is that you level up enough that you are a high enough level to f- fuse them into a stronger demon. Okay. But that demon's also not going to level up. Okay. Um, which is just... <clears throat> like, PlayStation 2 era, I think, is when this started changing. Because I don't remember if they level up in, um, in uh, Nocturne either. I feel like... This is half-remembered conversations. I love how we were like, we're going to start with... <laughs> we're going to do Persona 4 last, and now we're talking about Soul Hackers. Well, it's, <clears throat> it's fine. I remember guys back in the day being like, oh, Persona 4, that's a baby game. you got to yeah. play Nocturne, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it is... Like, <clears throat> Persona 4 is in this line of Shimigami Tensei getting kind of streamlined. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ways that, like, Shimigami Tensei 4 mm-hmm. on the, the like... 3DS. 3DS is streamlining it, but in ways that just kind of, I think actually it was maybe golden that first did this. There's, there's one where they finally, cause right now if, if you're playing persona four and you're like, I want to keep this skill on this, this persona that I'm fusing, mm-hmm. you just have to like click into like, I'm going to fuse it and click out and click in over and over again until you see the one showing up. Oh, as is the that what the skill. red ones are? Yeah. Those are going to be inherited. Okay. I've been ignoring that. Um, and sometimes we'd be like, I just really need like this combination. I'm fusing this because if I do this combination with these like other persona that I'm fusing to get this one, then I can like cover it where like I basically am nulling everything other than like basic physical or something, you know, mm-hmm. like all that kind of mm-hmm. sh- that like, especially if you're playing at a higher level, you're just like, I want to make sure that I'm doing this so that I have like a really good persona mm-hmm. on, on my team. Um, same with demons and stuff. And at some point, and I forget the exactly the game, but they just made it where you go in and then you choose the skills that you want to inherit. And it's just like, these are the ones that you can inherit and you just pick them. Because okay. functionally, that's what we were all doing anyways. That makes if sense. If we really wanted to. And they just made it where it doesn't take you five fucking minutes of going in and out. Yeah. That's a really nice streamlining, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But there's a way that Soul Hackers 2 is like very streamlined. Where it's become, like, frictionless at points. Okay. Um, Which is kind of what you were saying that you're not as into Persona 5 about, too, right? Yeah. Although, it's a slightly that, that's different That's a different vibe. system. 
That's like more yeah. your feelings about the social links from Persona yeah. Five, right? Um, I I like in in Soul Hackers too. It's just like oh, this like slides off me. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in Persona Five, it's like oh, this is not giving me any friction in terms of the social aspect of it, which is what I where I really want it the most in a Persona game. Uh-huh. Like that's the thing that Persona is bringing to Shimigo and Hensei broadly uh-huh. is this whole like visual novel thing now. Yeah. Um, and when that becomes so frictionless that it's like just extremely easy to just max rank everybody the first time through. Mm. Um, and also you're like highly incentivized to, because now rank ups are like all completely tied to you get different skills. Can I ask you a persona three question? And I know I, once again, I know I said we were going to do persona four last, We'll we'll do more Persona Four. We'll, we'll do more Persona Four later. Don't you worry. But I've got a Persona Three question because I was watching a little video that was like differences between Persona Three, Fez, and uh, Portable and Portable HD Remaster Thingamajig. Yeah. Um, I don't think it addressed the upcoming remake. Anyway, um. I, in this video, was having a little trouble with the constant self-harm imagery in Persona 3. The just, like, non-stop every battle sequence. Is, I guess my question is, like, how edgelordy is that? How Johnny the Homicidal Maniac are we talking here tonally with Persona 3? Or do you think it's, like, a little more thoughtful about this stuff? Because just, I have I have lost somebody in my family to the exact type of self-harm that is constant in Persona 3. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this might be, like, something that ends up being a little triggering for me. Should I play Persona 3? Um, I mean, it is, like, a... <clears throat> I think there's a way that it's like very cavalier that they mm. did that as the imagery. Um, it is like Persona 3 in particular, the whole like, you know, opening cutscene, like, you know, before you even go to the game, the little like mm-hmm. uh, eye catch screen basically um, has like the whole memento mori, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Persona 3 is a game that is like very, very very interested in thinking about like death and mm-hmm. um, that aspect. And that's also, and there, there are ways where like, I think it's interesting for trying that. I think that it does the social link stuff, the best of any of them in terms of the base structure, not, not, not necessarily in terms of the writing, but in terms of the base like structure of it, because it is so hard mm-hmm. compared to other ones. The Persona 4 before I got, like, golden and everything was different. Mm. Um, Like, that was closer to 3 as well. But 3, even more than 4, is, like, uh, resistant to trying to max rank everything, even though you can do it, Mm. technically, on one playthrough. Uh, There's just a lot more where if you're not just doing a guide where it says, well, this is what I'm supposed to do today, and so I do it this this today so i can see everything which i know people do and i think is an extremely joyless way to play those games extremely joyless maxing all my social links in persona 4 has gotten way easier once i met a character and decided i'm not doing your social link and so now i don't need to worry about any of the guides because it's like all those days that i would have to hang out with that character i don't want to do that (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, um, when I did Persona Four or when I did Persona Three Portable, one day at a time on at uh, your underscore Juness, mm-hmm. my my Twitter account for playing Persona games one day at a time. Mm-hmm. You were um, gonna do that with Persona Five until I told you not to. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that one in particular, I was like. Mm, and I like use the guide a fair amount just to like, cause it was also a whole thing where like I was doing extra life. There was like a stretch goal that I reached that was like, I'm going to do the persona three portable, um, as like a, you know, at your Juness run, which is what I refer to it as. Mm. Uh, cause every day is great at your Juness. So you play it every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, uh, so I did that. And so one, I think that made it more, miserable for me because i would just look at the guide and the guy would tell me this is who i'm supposed to hang out with today Mm. and then i would do what the guy did Mm. um and then the other thing was i just think that their conclusions that that game comes to about like death and suicidality that i there's a the whole ending like places a certain primacy on like self-sacrifice as a noble type of suicide Mm-hmm. That as somebody who's both suicidal and deeply self-sacrificial hit me extremely wrong mm-hmm. playing it further on from that than when I first played it. And I was like, oh, this game's saying things because back then I was still kind of in that mindset, even if okay. I had moved past it more. Okay. So. We've had this conversation. You have told me some of this before, but now that I have played a little Persona 4, seen these clips of per- Persona 3, that's an aspect I knew about Persona 3. But it's like making a little more yeah. sense in my head hearing it. And this time. is the reason, too, why FES is the definitive version for me, because the answer is you playing as the rest of the party after what happens, trying to figure out and like having to move on. Okay. And and it having a little bit more of this like conclusion of like, um, even if you're making this big ultimate sacrifice or whatever, that's going to like save people. People still have to just live on without you there. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really hard, difficult thing. And you're not there to help them anymore. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, so I thought that the answer in particular, like does some little extra thing to it okay. that makes it sit a little bit better for me. Yeah. Watching... And the fact that it's like not being included in anything still is, is weird. Watching... I mean, I know that I think you would have to change the structure of it because to play the answer, in the original, like, FES, you have to do very hard mode. You can only oh, do it as very okay. hard mode. Um, so. Uh, watching this video and... He, knowing, knowing that, like, the answer was more content in Persona 3, but not knowing until I watched that video that, like, the answer is, like, 20 to 30 hours of stuff. I was like... I mean, a lot of how- it is annoying dungeons, but... How do they not put that in? Yeah. I understand how they don't put that in portable because, like, that probably took takes up a lot of, like, disk space on a UMD, and a more economical way of doing that is, you know, the the female MC that, like, you know, that's only, You're like, using, like, basically the same sprites. There's maybe, like, a couple new ones you make for the yeah. characters that you can date. Right. Um, like, I understand God, There's how... also... Because when you, when you play Persona 3 Portable, I mean... Like, obviously, you don't have to do that route, but 
But like they really put in front of you that one of the options you can do is to date the kid. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. It's a, it's also weird. It's it's weird, I guess, knowing that like, OK, I can like make the excuse of Persona 3 Portable is on a PSP where maybe that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. But knowing that like the answer is just another disc they put out for the Japanese version of Persona 3. And that they could have done the same sort of thing because Persona fans already bought Persona 2 twice on PSP. <laughs> like, I mean, now those are significantly different. P- the, okay, yeah. you know what? Fair. But also they didn't in the US because we had the, the PlayStation version. And so they just figured we could just play that on It's on so funny. It's so... Oh, it's on PlayStation and, Classics? Yeah. Okay, that makes and then more the, sense. And the, but then still the... the there's, uh, so, there's so much weird shit happening Yeah, there. there's like weird localization differences because just the... An anime-ass game set in Japan is just localized differently now than it was. It's not quite as much as the original Persona, where they're like, we're going to make this character black, and we're going to like... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and also, we had trouble fin- finishing the localization, so there's an, an entire second half of the game that there's a part in the original Persona where it splits. Mm-hmm. And so there's like one route, and then the other one is you do like the the like ice castle stuff. Uh-huh. And they just didn't lo- finish localizing it, and so it's just not in the game. <laughs> and, and like, the way that that stuff functions... I mean, they did it when they did the PSP version. You could finally... But the way that stuff functions is, that like, that's the thing that's easier to miss. And so the way that you are supposed to play it is that you play through this whole thing, and then you go back and you realize, oh, I can take this other path. And then you get, like... A third way. <laughs> well, a second way. But... Um, yeah. Anyway, this has been enough Persona talk before we get to more Persona talk yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I've been playing, in part because, not in exactly the way that I want, uh, but in a way that, like, right now it's just, like, the most, like, I'm just doing uh-huh. s- stimulus yes. Yes. thing is Hollow Cure. Um, I... Which I, I specifically... So, I saw that it was it was just free. It's just, like, free to play. Yes. It's, the, I, don't, I don't think there's any way to pay money. Can I can I tell you? I'm how assuming it's... that you like can't because of the whole way that Hollow Life stuff works. Probably. But... Can I tell you how it's been from the outside looking in at what? your Hollow Cure Inception? What? So I I sunk into the Vampire Survivors hole real bad last year. I would probably still be in the Vampire Survivors hole, except I ran out of content and there's not like a reset, and then I just haven't gone out and like. This is now a genre of game. There's Hollow yeah. Cure. There's many games like this. I haven't really explored that genre outside of Vampire Survivors. <clears throat> so anyway, I I got in that hole real bad. But since I've known you, you haven't really fallen into a gaming hole like that. And so I have seen on Steam periodically, Fox Mom Nina is playing Hollow Cure. Fox Mom Nina is playing Hollow Cure. But I'm like, oh, okay, well, she's liking that game. Good for her. I didn't understand until yesterday we were supposed to record Stairwells. I had a re- kind of mentally rough day, and so we, we kicked it over to today. And I was, like, here for a bit, and you were just like, you did not speak. Like, after your child went to bed, you did not speak. 
You did not perceive. You were you were, were in the hollow cure zone. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm just hanging out with Emily tonight because <laughs> Nina's playing hollow cure. <laughs> I mean, I smoke a little bit. <laughs> And sometimes make like uh, weird conte- contextless comments about like how a character played or whatever. You were telling me all about the cutting board, and I was like, "Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, because at first I was trying to get the bounce ball unlocked. Yes. And in order to get the bounce ball unlocked, you have to survive for ten minutes after getting the cutting board with a flat character. Mm. Get it. Yeah, so you could get the boing boing weapon. Yeah, the flat cutting board with the flat character, and then you get the the bouncy. Mm-hmm. And then the bouncy one, so certain characters have larger bouncy balls than others. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of one of those games. But <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this is what Hollow Life people want. <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's also in the the like the way that Hollow Life auction often functions. Which is that, like, it's doing all these kind of jokes. Uh-huh. But the thing itself is not, like, that intensely horny. Other than you look at it and you're like, that is a character with big tits. This is... Hollow Live has really... But then the, the fan stuff around it gets even more, like, weird and horny about it. Hollow Live, the brand, is, like, the most horny and also the most chaste. And yeah. I, it's, like, such a weird line... That they walk where it's like, we are encouraging fan content that is horny, but all of us are going to act like we've never heard of what sex is, you know? This is, as someone who's who's watched Hollow Life from afar and then got into it through Naressa, mostly just because the intro thing, I liked her vibes, um, and then I start watching the streams and then I've just kind of been in that that hole mm. as well um but but part of why i've like especially enjoyed her is that she feels very honest about this is the whole thing yeah where she'll be like i need you to make a separate hashtag for the really you know not okay art yeah so that it's not in the main one so people don't see it and so that i can block it and then like a month later she retweets something from that tag <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel like my favorite. And even when she's saying, so I can block it, it's like with heavy blink blink. You know, my, blink blink. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, Ina, I feel like part of the reason that her popularity has not taken off like some of the other girls is because she just truly does not really engage with this. Yeah. We'll retweet uh, like art of her in a bikini out of a sort of duty to the fans. But she's just not going here like that, really. Yeah. <laughs> but and the other thing too is that it, like, and this is the thing I was kind of aware of going into, like, oh, maybe Nurse will be my Oshi, was just that like, I as someone who doesn't even care about like or didn't even care about the characters, I would sometimes see very horny art of like Ina, and I'd be like, this is a crime that I need to report. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I still have that Gargura tweet that I have to retweet sometimes. <laughs> if people don't know, I have a tweet that I do sometimes. It's like, who is this foul criminal retweeting Gargura horny fan art into my... Oh, it's Gargura. <laughs> um, 
And so some of it was just like, I from the the initial intro of Narissa, it was like, okay, one she's just presenting as like an adult woman, yeah. which in and of itself is its own thing. Yeah, and and that is not to say that the characters you are not presenting as like I'm like super adult or that are doing the cutesy voices mm-hmm. are themselves in the wrong. But it does mean that when I am following and tw- Twitter, the algorithm knows that I care about Narissa and keeps showing me Narissa fan art. Yes. And then also sometimes I will go look for Narissa fan art because I'm just like, oh, I want the little like retweets them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I encounter the really horny stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, yeah, she this invited is- this. It's f- like I don't have that same. Whereas like I kind of like. Fuamoko. Mm-hmm. I watch some of the stuff I like enjoy from afar. And every time I see like horny fan art of one like Fuawa or Mokoko, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? This is part and of I, what... I just don't think I could like fully go in where that stuff would just continually be thrown at me. I don't really watch Kiara all that often, but as time has gone on, I've started to like Kiara more and I've started to like Kiara fan art more. Because Kiara fan art does not make me feel as gross, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've tried to I've tried to train the Twitter algorithm to be like, give me Kiara fan art. Do not give me as much Ina fan art as you used to give me. Um, don't give me Callie fan art because I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst. Even because Fuwala still has like some horny elements to her design. Uh huh. Even though, and there are moments. I thought you said almonds for a second, and yeah. I was trying to figure out what you meant. Go no. on. <laughs> um, but Bibu, when I see horny Bibu art, I'm like, that's a literal child. I know she isn't, <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's Narissa's child. <laughs> She's ten. <laughs> this, I was listening to Around the Long Fire today. Yeah, and I really got a kick out of you relating the story of. Uh, Narissa being like, oh, Bibu and I are best friends, blah, blah, blah. And then 20 minutes later being like, so do you think I'm annoying? <laughs> it was 45 minutes later. Thank you very much. I, um, that uh, that around the long fire was very yeah. good. The ch- the tulip long fire. That's also just the like talking about what 2015 games criticism was like. I really liked that episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, as, as a person who consumed a ton a ton a ton of video games criticism in that era but was not like going here like that partially because i was like in my first year of college when gamergate happened you know like i was just a little too young i was like young enough to be like oh do i want to like go to college and start a career as a video games writer and then gamergate happens and i'm like no (laughs) um even at that time, thinking I was a straight boy, just being like, man, this shit blows. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that's been like a... Right now, I think Fubuki's my main. For mm-hmm. a while, it was Kiara. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you like the fox girl? Yeah. But the biggest thing is, like, I, I figured I would try her out because, you know, foxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the way that you play... Fubuki and you you play her like really well is so she has like various moves that essentially stack where like one if you're constantly moving your attack is higher Mm -hmm. and it it boosts your speed some um and then there's there's one where uh when you get hit or or no there's a chance that you will dodge like a 10% chance that you will dodge Mm -hmm. 
and if you dodge, then you have a hundred percent dodge for three seconds. Okay. Um, and your speed goes up as See, well. This is I since watching you play a little Hollow Cure yesterday, I have been thinking about getting into it because Vampire Survivors. Well, I haven't done the the final part of this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The one other part here is then there's another skill that's like unique to her. That when you dodge successfully, there's like a 30% chance or something that you create like a noise burst that does, it starts at like, I think 100% of your attack damage. And then you like, as you level it up, it gets higher amount. So what happens is that you, and it's like every 12 seconds that you'll get back that like, if you successfully dodge, then, um, or, you know, you'll have a dodge and then it's like the 100% dodge or whatever. And so what happens is that you will run around until you get that, which is every 12 seconds. And then you just charge into the giant mass of enemies that have like glommed together into a ball that's chasing you. And you just like run around in circles and you're just constantly moving. And as you're doing it, because you're literally just like destroying them with your body. (laughs) So you're just running into them and like doing this burst. Um... And you're dodging everything because it's within that, like, three seconds. You're also getting all the XP. It's, like, gathering up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just, like, get out of the mass and then you run around a little bit more. Um, and then sometimes you're, like, you get the power back. Usually you want to just immediately go back in as soon as you do. But occasionally it's, like, eh, I'm going to try and, like, kite it around a little bit until I get a bigger mass and then run in or whatever. Yeah. Um, or, oh, I think some, like... Because sometimes we'll have, like, the enemies that just move across the screen in, like, lines or whatever. Um, so I'm going to, like, wait until that starts, and then I'll start doing it. Because then I'll also dodge those. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. And so because of that, it feels a little bit more like... When I lose... There's still times where it's just, like, I had a bad run. They didn't really, like, give me good pulls. Like, the rolls were not good for the skills to pick up. Um... But for the most part, it's like, oh, I know what happened there. I got a little too greedy, like, going in. Mm -hmm. Or um, I should have, like, saved it a little bit longer just so I'd be ready and, like, wouldn't have ended up in this corner or whatever. Stuff like that. Like, I I feel like I have a little bit more. Whereas some of the other characters, I'm like, like, Gargura was pretty strong. But the best thing to do is the because she, like, does these whirlpools that suck enemies in. And you just want to get enough that you're, like sort of dodge or like have a high enough defense that if some of them get through and hit you, you're okay. Uh But you basically want to stand in the middle of all the like whirlpools that get put down Uh and all the enemies get drawn in and then you're just doing the attacks and you're like not really moving around a lot. Um, And you do a little bit like once the whirlpools disappear and you're waiting for the next ones. Um, But whenever I lost it, it felt a lot less like, Oh, it was because of how I was playing. It was more just like, eh, there was like, too many enemies and you didn't get good pulls or like see that's the, the the because vampire survivors the difference in the characters is your starting weapon and maybe like a couple little stat things but basically by minute 10 there's no difference between one character and another in that game which is why i think it really needs a prestige mechanic it really needs a like cookie clicker style reset me back to zero with perhaps some bonus where I can get through the early stages of the game faster. Because the reason I really don't play much Vampire Survivors anymore is that, like, you you hit a point where every run is just doing the math on, like, 
okay, I got this, so I need to pick up the cooldown so I can get the, the cooldown power-up so I can get the upgraded version of this. And this synergizes really well with that. And there's, like, four weapons that are really viable, like, top-tier weapons. And then there's, like, all the others that I banished so won't even show up in this run. And it's kind of, it, you just kind of math out how to win Vampire Survivors at a certain point. And, like, the only thing that I've really found that's been enjoyable for the last little while playing that game is um, coming up with a challenge for myself. And this is not really a knock on the game, because, like, before this point, I got, like, easily 100 hours of enjoyment out of Vampire Survivors. I still do enjoy it as a podcast game here and there. But watching you play Hollow Cure, I'm like, oh... Fubuki plays different than Gura, plays different than Kiara. That has legs to it as a concept that I think maybe Vampire Survivors has not had for a little while. It helps that I really... The DLC for Vampire Survivors has not gone in the direction that I've wanted it to because it's kind of gone into... The DLC has just kind of added new maps that have little puzzles to do that I've just been looking up the solutions to because I don't really go to Vampire Survivors to do puzzles, you know? And then I do the puzzle one time and it's like, okay, well now I just have this map that's not really all that different from the other maps because if I'm not going to engage in the little puzzle, the only difference between this one and that one is that this one has a slightly better bonus but it's still not as good as the hardest map from the base game, you know? So I'm just going to go do that map again that I've yeah. done a million times. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of got interested in Holocure. Also knowing, because I think the la- when some when I Holocure first hit, it wasn't on Steam, I think because there was, like, perhaps some weirdness with, like, is cover going to let us put this on Steam? But now knowing that it's just on Steam... Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll go. And when you go, it's very funny to me because you, it's like, you know, Steam Deck, like, compatibility thing that's there. And yeah. it's like, this is, like, not whatever. Yeah. And it, like, because you can't adjust, like, graphical settings or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there are moments where, like, I have, like, Fubuki going with, like... Yes. I have the power. I, I've leveled up where I, I fused together and I got, like, the snow... Uh, attack and then I also fuse it's a sake and so I fused it with the other sake uh, item and when you do that it's just this intense blizzard effect that's happening constantly and then I use her like alt which just has a bunch of swords flying in from all over on screen and there's just a ton of enemies and they're all like dying and spawning different things and the game just like chugs down and I, I, you see the second counter and it's just like one two <laughs> I literally I have the Steam Deck set to, like, always show me the FPS counter on every game. Oh, yeah. Partially because early on I was just testing things out and I wanted to be able to check those things. And then I have left it on because when I play Vampire Survivors, my goal is to get to the single digits. <laughs> I'm like, I don't pick up garlic anymore because I'm like, garlic doesn't have any projectiles. It's just sort of an aura around you. I need the Bible because what I need to do is I need to spawn 30 Bibles so that I can get this thing chugging. I think, I think you mean the boy, the boys love that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like I need, I need, and then like, I always make sure the, the 
I, I pick up the oh. projectile speed. I project the. I pick up the cooldown, and I pick up the thing that gets me more projectiles, so that I can really make this shit chug. <laughs> um, the thing that because there's also you pick up like items you can fuse them as collabs. Uh-huh. Um, and my kid sometimes like likes watching Hollow Cure because there's just so much shit going on on the screen. Yes. yes. And also likes watching the alt bar fill up and then tell me like, "Mama, you can use it." <laughs> you can use your power. You know, you can use the swords or whatever. Um, but it, it was especially funny where, because, you know, I'd be like, what do you think I should get? Like, you know, the, the like, BL book or the, you know, there's somewhere I'm just like... Did you, have you explained BL? No, but it, it was very <laughs> funny where, uh, you know, kids, kids still, like, learning and picking stuff up just generally about how the game works. So it's like, you know, watching me and it's the pop-up and it's like, for some reason, we'll always call it the hammer and not the axe. Mm -hmm. That one just still says hammer, not axe. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, mama, you have the axe. You can fuse that with the BL book. You should get the BL book. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, kid. (laughs) I was so disappointed. The other day, your toddler and I were playing Smash Bros., and after, like, the Switch, like, parental controls timer said no more Smash Bros. for the day, we were, like, doing a puzzle or whatever, and your toddler kept trying to, kept saying, fucking punch, <laughs> fucking punch, and so then I put a microphone, and I was like, can you say that again? And they were like, what? And I'm like, falcon punch, and they are like, falcon punch, I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> as soon as you say it right, they, they correct. <laughs> But I was like so desperately wanting to get them to say fucking punch. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was trying to like tell them, I was trying to be like, oh, come here. I want to tell you a secret because I was like going to tell them that they'd been saying a bad word on the DL as like a fun little thing. And they were like, fucking punch. (laughs) Like they didn't want to hear whatever secret that I wanted to tell them. So, yeah. Or they will, but then they're disappointed that you didn't go or whatever. Or say like booby butt, booby butt, booby butt, because that's what they want you to do. (laughs) I was trying to explain. And then they'll go and run into the other room and be like, mommy, mommy, let me tell you the secret. Booby butt, booby butt, booby butt. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday, you and I said something at the same time, and I said jinx, and I'm trying to explain it to your toddler and then I had to construct a version of Jinx that we could play where we would agree to, like, we're going to both say poopy butt at the same time. Three, two, one, poopy butt. And then they yeah. would say Jinx to me. <laughs> yeah. And then this got mixed together with, I taught them how to play rock, paper, scissors last week because I was reading them a, a Sonic comic where, like, Eggman and Dr. Wily were playing rock, paper, scissors, and so I had to explain rock, paper, scissors. And then but they all they've really figured out how to do so far is scissors. They just do scissors every time. They're starting to understand rock beats, paper. No, fuck. God, You're the one who's messing them up. I've them. messed us up so many times. The 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 thing that's always easier, especially if you're explaining to kids, is that you do the scissors cuts paper. Mm-hmm. I did that. Paper covers rock. Rock breaks scissors. I, I did that the first time, and they understood it. Yeah. And then every time since then, I've, I've just been going too quick. I'm like, oh, yeah, paper beats uh, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, anyway, that's probably enough tot talk. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> speaking of uh, s- children in your life, should we talk about Coco Nikki or is there anything else we want to talk about? Steam Deck's uh, oh, great. Steam Deck's really good. I'm enjoying all the emulation. Oh, one, one more Steam Deck thing. I think I've got two games I'm trying to decide on playing after I finish Persona 4. I either want to play Trails in the Sky, which involves either learning how to pirate real games that are not emulated on the deck, or dropping $20. I might just drop that $20 out of the convenience of it. But also, money might be a little tight next month. Nora's got to go out of town for a funeral, and there's going to be a little stuff going on. So, And you get paid on the first of the month in there. Yeah, I won't get paid till the first of November, so I really got to manage my money through October. Happy salad! <laughs> um... Um, so that's, that's something to navigate. The other option that's not Trails in the Sky that I'm like slightly less excited about, but still pretty darn excited. Um, I have been waiting. So I played Dragon Quest 1 in 2020 and Dragon Quest 1 is perhaps the greatest game ever made. Dragon Quest 1 is really fucking good, dude. Um, Dragon Quest 2 did not impress me the way the Dragon Quest 1 did. I played, for for the record, the Super, Fan- Super Famicom band translations of both of those. And then after I finished that, I kind of decided I was going to wait on the HD 2D remake of Dragon Quest 3, because that game looks really cool, and I want Square to put it out. If Square put that out, when Square puts that out, I will purchase it. Like, straight up. Like, I don't care. It's $60. I don't care. I will buy that. Uh, but they still haven't put it out. They, <laughs> they have announced and released the Live Alive HD 2D after announcing Dragon Quest 3. Um, and so my options were a really bad translation of the Super Famicom uh, Dragon Quest 3, the NES Dragon Warrior 3, or the Game Boy Color Dragon Warrior 3. Um... It seems like the Game Boy Color version is a very good version of Dragon Quest Three, but I personally like I don't have a ton of affection for Game Boy Color visuals and and music. I know that's like sacrilege. Like I know, but the the Game Boy Advance was my first like the Game Boy Advance was my first handheld, and so I I see Game Boy Color games and I'm like that's cool, but it's just not like an era that I really relate to, you know? It's like I'm glad that I'm glad Game Boy Color Dragon Warrior 3 is a really good port of that game. It just seems like it's not the thing for me. And so I've been kind of like, man, I want to play Dragon Quest 3, but like the Super Famicom version, the, the translation had been done in 2003 and was bad. And maybe I could jump ahead to like the DS version of Dragon Quest 4, but I kind of want to just keep going in order. I really have enjoyed going in order. Turns out, toward the end of 2022, I think, somebody put out a good new fan translation of Super Famicom Dragon Quest 3. So that might be the game I play next. I really. That game seems fucking cool. It's fucking Dragon Quest 3. It seems rad. Um. And then Dragon Quest Four seems cool too. I'm maybe a little more interested in five than four, just out of 
my own curiosity preference that sort of thing seems like there's a there's the ds version that's very good of dragon quest 5 and then there's the ps2 version that has a fan translation that i might be interested in playing obviously dragon quest 4 i'll just play the ds version um but yeah really hope to finish up persona 4 and then either trails in the sky or dragon quest 3 i think that's where i'm going next so yeah um <clears throat> have you saved kanji yet i yes i got through kanji's dungeon i um this morning i played through we did the little school camping trip so that was the last thing i did yeah um we got some we got the the weird the weird tension between this is a game where perhaps the primary audience is teenagers um and so it's about teenagers dating but also like the adults making it really did just put chie yukiko in sexy bikinis to sell figures you know and i don't think the original has the cutscene as in golden oh yeah there's a cut scene. there was no cutscene. it was all just pantomime stuff the this is the thing that people probably may not i'm, I'm guessing most people listening to this don't know for a while, um, there's like two main avatars I used on Twitter for a while before I came out. One was Kamiyama from the first cover of Camardi High School, where it's like orange and yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was uh, an image of Chie, but with a beard that was like similar to my beard. I like drew it on mm-hmm. in Photoshop. Um. And my, when I did that, my display name was just Sadonaka Chie with a beard. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, can I... And then later I figured out I was trans. <laughs> <laughs> but that image was specifically from, like, uh, art from the that, like, that trip, that camping trip. <clears throat> can I tell a quick Persona 4 anecdote before we get into sure. Ikoku Nikki? Um, so... I texted you, is there a canon name for the Persona 4 protagonist? And then I Googled, and I saw that there was Yu Narakami or Soji Seta, and I went with Yu Narakami. And then you explained to me that it used to be Soji Seta, and then Atlas nuked the EU. And I, my, my save state got messed up because I updated the emulator, uh, and so I had to load back in from the start, and I, w- I was so amused by you saying that uh, Atlas had nuked the EU that I did change it, and so now I am playing as Seita Soji in um, Persona 4. Um, I gotta see if I can find... I might still have the art. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it right now, because it's probably... If it was on my phone, I would have just pulled it up and shown it to you, but I don't want to just be, like, typing around and stuff. Yeah, totally. So... Ikoku Nikki, we read volumes five and six? No, no, six and seven. Six and seven. I keep getting this messed up. Um, cards on the table. Really enjoyed these chapters. Some of, like, the the story in here gets a little more continuous, I think, than it has been. And my um scanlations did not clearly demarcate where one where volume 6 ended 7 began and then where 7 ended and 8 began so i'm going to have a little trouble keeping track of 
what happens when this week, you know? You yeah. helpfully have written summaries. Yeah, I did. But And then I also, <clears throat> I think we're doing the same translation, but I downloaded it. Yeah. Um, I think we have the same, yeah, translation. I just, um, I have it in Takiyomi and you have it in, uh, like, Comic Cat or whatever. I feel like, wouldn't it be Tachiyomi? It might be Tachiyomi, yeah. I never thought about it. Because it is, like, Japanese. I just always have said Takiyomi, but I've never thought about <clears> it. It's <throat> probably right. Because it's Tachikoma. Yeah. So, yeah. Tachikomi. Tachikomi. Um, oh, so one, um, oh, I don't know the one that you did. In mine, they did page 26.5 before page 26. This was like the oh, one I don't Oh, weird. Which I thought was weird. Um, but I had, I had like a brief note from the very beginning here, um, which, cause I think it's like on the cover, there's the scorpion. Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of flip through because there's various images that show you like, oh, here's like the cover, like uh, wrap. Here's what the actual like underbook yeah. looks like, stuff like that. Um, Which is what I was looking out for for the. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I saw this, the scorpion and I had this thing where I was thinking about the way that like, this is just while I was like eating my lunch at work, flipping through to get to the actual start of the book. Uh huh. Um, the way that, like, the metaphor stuff has been functioning in this, which is that, like, so we get, like, this, like, desert and scorpion and stuff that, like, Asa has. Mm-hmm. When she's, like, thinking about her loneliness and, like, the ways that she's feeling. And I was, like, in some ways, this metaphor, like, sometimes I think of metaphor as, like, I have this, like, thing that I'm feeling and then the metaphor is trying to explain that or whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's trying mm-hmm. to like give some sort of other cron- concrete thing you can hold on to. And it's, it is functioning that way, but there's a certain amount to which like, I'm seeing all the other stuff that's happening with Asa and I'm understanding like, yeah, she feels like sort of alone because her parents died. Like there's all these ways that I can think about her actual situation and the ways that she is feeling lonely and like depressed and mm-hmm. struggling with things and like angry at the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I get to the metaphors that show up for various characters around things, and then I, mean, I think this comes up in the reading too, where there's like the, um, everyone's quiet place is different uh-huh. as well, is that it's like, that feels more like, um, by doing the metaphor, we're actually learning something specific about how that person is trying to process these emotions like loneliness that might otherwise feel more like oh yeah everybody knows what it is like to be alone or whatever mm. you know mm. um so that was just like a base thing that i had when i was going into this i was I, uh, sort of tied into that i was thinking a little bit through this reading about how um some of the 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 struggles that asa is having in these chapters feel like very normal teenage struggles just feel like Oh, I'm shy and I don't know how to express myself. Oh, like I'm drifting apart from my friend a little bit or stuff like that. And she is struggling because part of it is like, am I having a harder? She thinks that she's having a unique problem because her parents died and she feels isolated because of that. And it's like, 
no, you would still be having this problem even if your parent was, even if your parents were living, you know? Yeah. You would just feel lonely sometimes as a teenager. You would just have trouble expressing yourself sometimes as a teenager. But, but like, there is this other layer of stuff that you're, like, working through on top of normal teenage struggles that is, like, sort of makes it feel bigger to you than it perhaps actually is, you know? Yeah, I mean, some of it is is this, like, general teenage thing of you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, And a lot of it for her, and I think a lot of the way that the manga structures things is, like, you know, uh, do you fit in or do you stand out is, like, one of the key questions. <clears throat> um, and there's the, these things are like, you know, it started with her being worried that like all, everybody is going to know me as the girl whose parents died. Mm-hmm. I, I stand out for that. Um, and then it's like wanting to find these other ways to stand out, like doing music. Uh-huh. But then it's frustrated that like, why isn't everyone like, it's so remarkable that you found music after your parents died. Right. You know? Right. Like. Why aren't I standing out enough? Why am I? Why are people treating me like I'm just a high school student who joined the, the music club? I want to be treated like the high school student who joined the music club after my parents died. Please clap for me. And then, and then everyone said, "Wow, you have such incredible talent. You're the most talented student we've ever had." Yeah, <laughs> I really related um, to this art that you're doing is really expressing the unique feelings that only you can have as a child whose parents died. <laughs> <laughs> I really related to like she writes some lyrics in here and shows them to Makio. Yeah. And this becomes sort of a theme that runs through this is like she wants Makio to just tell her how to be a good writer. And Makio is I think giving more or less good advice. But 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 like Asa is like no, I need you to like magically transform me into a good writer. And Makio is like giving her good advice. And the, the main thing that Asa needs well, to do is practice. You well, know? And also the thing that I think is at the heart of all of it. And is in that like initial moment where she writes lyrics and then Makio reads it is like, um, not even that I just want to get the piece of advice where I don't have to practice and I'm just good at it, mm-hmm. but that she wanted Makio to read it and be like, Wow. You are good at it already. You are good at it. You don't need to practice. Yeah. And just wanted like that instant praise. Yes. Yes. Um, Very relatable anyway. to I, my, the last, mm, when did I start going to therapy? 2019. So let's say the last four years have started to realize like, oh, there are skills that I don't just get to have automatically there are things that i need to work at over time you know that is like yeah. a struggle that i have with myself and so i found that very relatable anyway we should do your summaries um, and do we want to do page 26 before page 26.5 i would like in the order to... that i read it they gave me 26.5 first but in the, the table of contents that it shows it says that 26 comes before 26.5 i would like to because 26.5 I feel like ties into some form and 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 like stylistic choices that I want to talk about going into 27. So yeah, I thought it was odd that they did it this way. I was flipping and I was like, wait, what the hell? How happened? Like, uh, yeah, do, I, am I missing 26? And then I like, yeah, I read 26 up. before 26.5. So um, <clears throat> so 
Uh, I did not spell check this stuff. I just jotted notes as I was um, reading this at work and then at home. But so uh, here's what I wrote for page 26. Uh, Asa goes back to school and is frustrated that she isn't picked for the main band and light band club. Um, Because it's like, oh, while you were out skipping school, somebody else became like the guitarist or the bassist or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes to the student counselor but doesn't know what to talk about in therapy and is also, like, confused that she has to come up with what to talk about right. in therapy. Yeah, um, she kind of watched the, the, the counselor to be like, so what was it like for your parents to die? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and she talks with Emery about how difficult it, uh, how difficult it is when choices are wide open. Uh, she writes lyrics of, of the light, or she writes lyrics for the light, band club and as Makio read them but is disappointed when Makio gives a critique instead of praising her for her talent Makio says when you write you have to be ready to kill and die and sharpen everything you have into a weapon interesting when she says this is an image of her stabbing another version of her in the chest with a sword yeah it's sick <laughs> um, ultimately Asa realizes how difficult it is to understand anyone and is mad that she isn't a talented musician already okay so I think the the big theme that's running through these two volumes in particular, and is, I know, I know, you're showing me Yuri art. <laughs> um, this has been a theme that has been present through the whole series so far, but it was just like because of how we ended up segmenting it, a theme that I was really in tune to this week was the way in which, um, like. Was the idea of choices that are wide open are the hardest ones. You know, it's easy if you ask me, do you want to get a burger or pizza for dinner tonight? It's way harder when you ask, what do you want for dinner? What do you want to do for your career? What do you want to do to commemorate your birthday or your parents' death? Or you can invite people, you can not invite people, we can not do anything, you know, like... These are the choices that uh, Asa is really struggling with through these uh, ones. And I really liked this as a is like a, a, a theme that I'm in tune to through this whole reading. And I really loved the like therapy setting as like this is going to be the thing that is going to focus us on this theme for the next little while, you know? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Also, note for me about the, like, um, like, uh, Makio, I almost called her Kodai, and then I couldn't remember, uh, (laughs) Makio, like, the, the panel, it's, like, this black background, and she's in this, like, flowing white dress, and she's sharpening her sword, and then there's another version of her in a flowing white dress, sitting in the chair and she stabs her through the heart at it's like kind of sexy in a weird way, you know? Um, um, that to me, this feels like a hallmark of, um, the mangaka's and I forget her name again. Uh, forgive me. Um, that feels like a hallmark of the mangaka's style through this first half of the series, you know? Um, and <clears throat> through these next two volumes, I noticed, or I felt like she kind of got away 
from doing pages like that and is instead going to start leaning into more of the stuff that we're going to see in chapter 26.5, which we have seen before, but I think like the stuff in chapter 26.5 is going to become sort of the dominant mode for the next little while. And so I, I thought it was interesting to see one more of these big, like, splash pagey things that we're kind of not really going to get through the rest of these two volumes, you know? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> not that we never get it, but it's just going to be less definitive for her. Yeah. Um, also, I was trying to see if I could see other moments. Um, but throughout like these volumes, we get lots of little moments. Um, I'll probably call out one later on where uh, you get that like memory just briefly intruding. Like we, we yeah. get here the, the stuff with... Um, you know, specifically that her parents dying, the like falling in pizza, the, mm. like pizza shards. Um, but yeah, I noticed I noticed there's been some other ones as well. Yeah. Um, and and it felt like sometimes they they would come up in earlier stuff, and it would be like multiple panels where someone would sort of like become lost in it, and then there's like ones where it's just like there's a single panel where some sort of memory happens. And yeah, it's not called out as much. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's one from a little bit later on in this reading. Um, I don't remember if I said I accidentally kept reading past. I did say this, that I kept reading past. And so there's one that I'm thinking of that might be from like the next chapter after our reading for this time. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That. We'll see. So, yeah. You want to do uh, 26.5 small talk? Yes. Um, my description here. Uh, in the past, because uh, this seems to be before. Yeah. Awesome. Everything. Uh, Makio meets up with her friends for a New Year's party and they talk about avoiding their families. Um, oh, yeah. There's a part where she like says something about her niece, but it's like, yeah, clearly it's like, like Asa's like a baby. Yeah. Or is like a kid or something. Um, or it's like I haven't seen her since she was born or something. Yeah. I the it's exact like, comment. It's like there's like something about like oh yeah i saw her at this holiday one time and oh, yeah. asa's like a little baby here yeah the last time i saw her was a number of years ago she was a baby okay okay um and then uh one of her friends and i think this is motsu who who will show up later um says she realized that love isn't for her um and makio is somewhat envious of being able to figure something out like that about yourself and love Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this is, this one is extremely, um, we've talked about this before, but like the conversation over food yes. and various topics are interweaving with also people yes. being like, um, oh yeah, I'll get a beer with this or whatever. Yes. Um, I thought it was the flow of the dialogue in this chapter I thought was so impressive and it felt like sort of like it's a, like a type of chapter we've seen a couple times now, but I, this I think is going to become like such a prevalent mode. And I think it, if I remember right, this is like the mode of chapter 27 and a even more like interwoven interlocking weird way uh, that it felt like such a nice, like, I liked this chapter as a sort of like low stakes kind of reminding the reader of how you need to read through these chapters. And I think it is 
so impressive the like storytelling happening in dialogue through these that feel so specific to comics as a medium you know yeah it feels like the way dialogue works on these pages could not work in a novel a book or a novel a movie whatever what have you you know yeah or i mean it it would happen in a movie but it would be it would still strike you differently yes yeah um but like in some ways, this is capturing a similar energy that that happens in, like, uh, Mikey and Nikki. Not to talk any more about struck work. But. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to signify it a little differently in a movie. Yeah. You can't just have, like, oh, here's, like, what even am I looking at here? Like, little vegetable spears and stuff? Like, yeah. you kind of have to show who's talking more often, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, um also this is gay yeah the part where uh all of them are just like cuddled up on the sofa yeah yeah gay. <clears throat> um and being like man i wish i could figure out love <laughs> um i'm hoping chapter 27 is the one i'm thinking of because this is a if it's the one i'm thinking of it's my favorite chapter that we, we read this week Mm, yeah let me let me skip ahead but yeah well, having... I'll, I'll do this uh or you can skip to 27 yes. while i read um so page 27 we intercut between three visitors who come by over the course of a month or two kasamachi makio's writer friend juno itsuki and emery the conversations weave back and forth across the chapter and touch on makio's creative slump asa's indecision about her dreams and her future career path and other topics Asa expresses interest in being a live house performer and also asserts that she wants to be the me that she wants to be. Mm-hmm. But Juno says that is humanity's eternal ordeal. <laughs> um, which she's like, what? <laughs> About. Um, in the end, Makio finally finishes her book. I think that's what happens in that moment. She's like, oh, I did it. I think it's like the full draft of the book is done. Um, while Asa sleeps in the same room. Okay. Not that you care about spoilers, but I need to put some guardrails on stuff that I know from like two chapters, three chapters after we read. What do you know about Juno? Um, I mean, mostly it's in this chapter. She does seem to be gay. Okay. I know things about Juno that you don't know. Okay. Um... Juno rocks. Just from this introduction, Juno rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I... The way that this chapter cuts through time, cuts through memory, cuts through, like, all these things that Asa is, like, ruminating on, like, these these different moments... And it is so legible which conversation we are in from one panel to the next, even as all three conversations separated by like six weeks happen on one page. It's fucking masterful. Like, yeah. I, it is such a flex to be able to tell such like an emotionally complex story in such a like <clears throat> formally complicated way 
And it's just, it's the most readable thing in the whole fucking series so far. Like, yeah. it is never confusing what's happening when and for what reason. Yeah. You know? One thing, and I and I know this, like, has some of this framing of, like, being a diary or yeah. uh, being, like, related to that in some way. Um, and I was also thinking about the way that, like, because we've been talking where I read it and I, I sometimes will feel some emotional impact and sometimes I don't entirely. And then I'll even just, like, think back on a chapter. Like, I will have, like, I read it on my lunch break and then I'm, like, at work two hours later and I think about that chapter and I'm like, ooh, that chapter hits harder now. Yeah. Than it did when I read it. Part of the reason... And I, and I, I think some of it, to me, also feels like it's in this, like, impressive mode where... um Often it's talking about these things related to like trauma or like the thing, the conversations that you have that then linger with you, stuff like that, Hmm. where um, in the moment there's sort of other things going on in the conversation. Hmm. There's all these sort of things that kind of distract you, but there's still these things that are going to stand out and you're going to return to. And it's like itself structurally doing that where lines will recur, panels will recur, Hmm. things like that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it also... The way that, like, there's multiple conversations happening at once sometimes where, like, you know, they're talking about the food they're making while they're also talking about something. Right. Is also operating that way of, like, sort of distracting you as as well, where you're kind of paying attention to the important thing, but you're spending just as much time reading about, like, how they're steaming the green beans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it makes it that when you then go and you think back about it, it hits harder in the same way that, like, when things happen in your in your own life. Yeah. It's often after the fact where you realize how much that hit you because yeah. other things were going on that you were just paying attention to. Part of the reason I um, was stressed out maybe about the reading for this week was because I did not give myself enough time for things. And and um, like I really had to like blaze through the reading this week and I know already that like the thing that i'm enjoying about this series is reading it and sitting with it for a day or two you know um and yeah like in the moment of reading it the the like the kasamachi asa kasamachi knows how to like fry a pork cutlet um asa wants to learn and makio also wants to learn but is being kind of Makio loner about it. But also Makio kind of wants Asa to learn. Yes. But then she forgets that she wanted Asa to learn and does it herself, you know? Yeah. Um, and all of that feels in the moment of reading just as important as like the conversation that Kasumachi and Asa are actually having about like, what does Asa want to do when she grows up or yeah. I don't I don't quite 100% remember what their conversation was. I more I mostly remember the Emity conversation and the Juno conversation more. Yeah. I mean some of it with Kasamachi as well is like um Oh, you're in a slump. Why don't you try reaching out to somebody who's like in the mm-hmm. same, you know, does the same work as you. Yes, yes. Um but the other thing too is that uh the flow of this in particular felt like you know, these are our three sort of visitors. They were kind of related because like in the back of your mind, you've been thinking yourself about 
uh, you know, I'm kind of in this creative slump. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're also like, Asa is thinking about like, ah, I don't know what to do. And I'm like mm-hmm. indecision. And both of you are like, have this certain thing. So you're also kind of thinking about like, oh, this girl that I'm taking care of is also kind of caught in indecision, which is not quite creative slump, but it's like kind of related. Yeah. And so it's like days later after all these visitors and you're thinking about it and you're just jumping back and forth between like, oh, and then Kasamachi was talking about this thing, but then like, you know, um, when Emery came, she brought this up or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so there's also a way that like this chapter kind of functions as this. Um, I was just, I was just pulling up the Kasamachi visits on November 16th. Juno visits on November 27th and then Emery visits on December 20th. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still pretty far apart too, but yeah, it's also this way that like, you will think about that like after the fact. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's a lot of, Emery stuff that's like Asa had a month to sit on what what she talked or has been sitting with what she talked about with Juno all this time, you know. Um also I love I love the bit where Juno calls Asa Pipsqueak because she's referring to Asa's age, but then Makio was like, no, she's sensitive about her height. And like the whole conversation gets derailed because, well, Juno's like, I'm also short, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a pe- pip squeak myself if we're talking about it in terms of height. <laughs> uh, it's, it is the most lesbian uncle energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also extremely love the panel where uh, Kasamachi comes over. Uh, you know, it's like talking to Asa and then Makio just like comes out and just like falls into him. This is so relatable. Yeah. This is the most married <laughs> shit these two have done of just like, let me, I'm tired. I'm going to rub my face on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just love the, cause we got the like shot of like Makio just like, uh, falling into mm-hmm. Kasamachi basically. And then Asa thinking about a YouTube video of the zookeeper's beloved tiger, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the tiger, like, you know. I didn't even put together why she was thinking about that until now. <laughs> this this panel made me laugh so hard. It's so good. I, just, I read I'm, that in the moment and I didn't even understand, like, ooh, I'm just what? live screenshotting this because I want to hold yeah. on to it. Um, <sighs> no, yeah, this chapter in particular w- was great. I really, really liked this chapter. Uh, um, this whole series has been worth it for this chapter to me in many ways. And this is like, this is setup stuff. This isn't payoff stuff. I don't think, you know, yeah. um, there is a part of me, especially with these two volumes where I was reading it, where I was like, I just need like Asa to ask, uh, Emery. So do you have a boyfriend yet? When Makio's around, so Makio will be like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> you know that she's gay, right? Because Makio's not gonna, Makio's not gonna like be subtle about that. I'm I'm taking a sip of water and has read two more chapters than you have. I I know how that situation is going to get resolved, <laughs> and you don't. Resolved is perhaps a strong word, but you know, <laughs> um. it's crazy the shit that came up in two and a half chapters of reading too far. Yeah. There is. Can I, can I tell you the Juno thing? No. Okay. Okay. You shouldn't have read too far. You gotta pay attention to what the chapters are. I didn't you know. You gotta look at the numbers. How could I have known? 
That's five chapters per volume. I wasn't counting. That's your problem. <laughs> I thought you were the math one. <sighs> Page 28. Makio realizes she didn't know Asa's birthday and forgot to celebrate it. So she makes plans to celebrate their one year anniversary and also to start celebrating Asa's birthday going forward. Cause it like, sounds way like weirder when you call it the one year anniversary. <laughs> but I mean, they talk <laughs> yeah, about it like yeah, it's yeah. the anniversary of like when yeah, we met yeah. and stuff. It just it just sounds like that the the series anniversaries gonna... don't have to be romantic. Yes, yes. What's the what's the one series where the guy takes in the young daughter and no, then the, no no what's it called? I don't remember. Okay, I've, I'm knows. shoving it out of my head. M is M is texting me right now what the name of the that that one series is. <laughs> she also asked asks Asa if she wants to do anything for the anniversary of her parents' death. Another anniversary that's not romantic. Thank you very much. <laughs> But Asa continues to wrestle with dif- the difficulty uh, of open choices. What are you going to do if this is one of those? If we get to the end and this is one of those, and that's why it's not localized in English. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sorry, one more time. I got so distracted. I'm sorry. Makio realizes she didn't know Asa's birthday and forgot to celebrate. So she makes plans for them to celebrate the anniversary of when they started living together one year, but not in a romantic way. It was in the she brought, she adopted her kind of basically as a new guardian, mm-hmm. and it's not weird. It's not weird. I made it weird. You made it weird. I made it weird. Uh, and also, obviously, to start celebrate Asa's birthday going mm-hmm. forward because mm-hmm. they missed it by like a month or two. Yeah. She also asked Asa, uh, Asa if she wants. To do anything for the anniversary of her parents' death, which again is another anniversary that's not romantic. Uh, but Asa continues to wrestle with the difficulty of open choices, including what to do and say during therapy. Mm. We get the repeat of that. Uh, Makio's friend Juno prompts her to realize... Uh, oh, Juno is talking to Makio. Mm-hmm. And prompts Makio to kind of realize that you are this kid's parent. Yes. yes. Forever now. Yes. The kid's not going to graduate from high school and then be gone from your life. Which you is, are forever her guardian in some sense. Ju- Juno is saying the thing that like 12 of of Makio's friends have tried saying, but Juno is the only person who will be blunt in the way that Makio will understand, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kodai-san, Kodai-san, don't you think you may be oversimplifying things a bit? Um, I'm certainly no spring chicken at this point, but to my mom, I'm always still a kid. And with that girl, you're not her parent and she's not your kid. But don't you think you still might sort of have that relationship forever? And, and Makio like has this image in her head of like Asa looking up at her as like this doe eyed, like child. And Makio is like, fuck, I'm this girl's mom now. Um... And I love I love the expression that Judo is making of like Makio, you're not this naive, are you? <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, uh Asa tells Makio that she would like to celebrate her uh parents' birthday in April. Um and then I thought this was interesting because Asa was sort of stuck with indecision, but then thinks like, well, my parents always celebrated their joint birthday because it's like what? five days apart or something or like four days apart. There's like a few days in between. Um, and so just sort of in the middle, they would celebrate their birthday, mm-hmm. um, like joint together. Um, 
This photo is so fucking good. Anyway, stop the, stop skipping ahead until I finish. But so I thought that this was uh this was interesting because there's a certain amount of like, well that's what my parents did. And then Machio is like, oh we'll buy a cake and we'll like do these things and then mm. like there, there's a certain amount of awesome made a decision about how to celebrate their parents and mm-hmm. like remember them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not the like anniversary thing mm-hmm. of the of their death. Um but then Machio still helped like fill in like, and then here's what we're going to do to celebrate. We'll go get a cake and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these photos of them as kids, incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly taken with this, this photo of Kasamachi as a child. Oh, this is the one that I love. The, the Daigo with just like her head buried yeah. in her hands. Just like oh, down on her like hands and knees, like yeah, face buried in her hands, just crumpled paper everywhere. I'm I'm really smitten with uh, Kasamachi with his dorky little school uniform, but also Makio and her older sister, and the the older sister is like posing nicely for the photo, and Makio is like doing like weird little monkey faces and yeah. shit. On- honestly, not that dissimilar from the Juno picture. Yeah. Juno picture is top notch of like yeah. Juno running around in their underwear, um, like making a funny face, bow tied in their hair. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I thought this was, I thought this chapter was really good for sort of centralizing the the theme that we've been talking about on a couple of different questions. Um, and I also really enjoyed the bit um, of Makio realizing, like, my sister didn't want to die. You know, my yeah. sister. And she's had this realization a couple times, but it like really hits her in this moment. It feels like of like my sister wanted to continue, didn't expect to die. Didn't like death was not even on her radar in a way, you know. Yeah. Um, And then. I really, really, really love these two pages that end the chapter. I guess these three pages, really, of, like, Makio is, like, imagining herself alone and isolated, um, and she's, like, remembering Asa, like, leaning on uh, Makio's mother's shoulder in the hospital, I think, right? Yeah. Um, And then we get some, like, metaphorical stuff from... Asa's perspective, um, where she is thinking about, like, watering her loneliness as this, like, cactus sprouting in the desert. And there's, like, these beautiful, like, cross-hatched, like, dark backgrounds that are so good. Because I think all of this is just, like, solid black, but the sort of, like, way that the solid black fades into the white is done in this, like, cross-hatching that is just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, yeah, the cactus, like, growing in the desert that represents her loneliness. So they think just, like, such a good visual storytelling moment, you know? Yeah. Um. I like this chapter, too, but. I mean, 27 I'm, was incredible. I'm kind of remembering chapter 29. I think it'll, I remember this illustration very well, um. Yeah, which, uh, so it, it starts with, um, what we'll find right, out is yes. from, uh, the book that Machio is writing, yes. which 
maybe you know more because you read ahead, but seems to be like a little bit more uh, grounded fiction rather than fantasy stuff. Yes. Um, But then there's this part where the the quote is overlaid over um, Asa and Emery Mm -hmm. being like, oh, there is some like drawing from what's happening in Machio's life here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the thing is, the girls were stubborn like sapling trees, Irma thought. Vibrant, supple, vivacious, and even if lit on fire, they won't be burned in the slightest. Utterly obstinate and headstrong, thinking that, Irma said to them, you two are like sapling trees. Um, Um, And then, the two of them look puzzled, not sure how to react, before bursting out in laughter. They seemed not to understand, but Irma didn't mind. Yeah. Which feels very, like, on the nose, this is what the chapter illustrations are pointing to, that Makio is writing about Asa and Emity, you know? Yeah. Not not a thing that I think, like, if either one of those girls was reading this book, not a thing I think they would pick up on. It's, like, a thing that, like, becomes obvious once you get the chapter illustrations being, like, focused on Asa and Emity. Yeah. Well, and it also just being, like, more clearly... Oh, at least in this, and to to what... Because she talks about how writing is, is about lying mm-hmm. frequently in these chapters. Yeah. Um, But also, there's a certain amount of, like... She still seems to be drawing from yeah. what's happening in her life. I mean, like, her writing process feels so clear to me of... It's like lying about your own experiences in some ways, and blending lies and truth, and, like, using real experiences and inspiration... It all makes sense to me, but trying to explain that to a (laughs) 15-year-old... This part is funny, too, where it's like, uh, she's literally, like, writing from her own life here, is what's getting implied here, and then there's the note. It feels like Irma's monologue about the saplings is a bit hard to understand. In the latter half, maybe expand the part with the speech or add a heartwarming scene with the girls. Something readers can relate to. This is just a suggestion. Maybe with the two of them going shopping or something like that. Please think about it. (laughs) It's also... I love... (laughs) <laughs> rereading this now because the editor's note is complimenting so well like the consistent thing we're going to get over the next little while of like uh asa doesn't understand like things that uh uh, uh makio says is like having to look up the word delinquent or vacuous <laughs> or yeah um <laughs> Um, like this ties into a thing that's going to start happening over the next couple of chapters you know yeah anyway here's what i wrote from the synopsis for page 29 we follow emery as she goes about her day messages makio and begins to develop a romantic relationship with another girl who i think is unnamed at least in what i've read i believe remains at least in what i've read i believe also remains unnamed in um the, she does appear in the two chapters that I read, but I don't recall her getting a name in those chapters either. Imagine if Jackson just came on GGP and was like, I watched the, the next <laughs> No, not, I watched three episodes, even though we were supposed to only watch two. Not only... And also, did, I'm going to keep bringing it up. Not only did Jackson watch <laughs> another episode, but the, the third episode they watched had, like, the day of Dakar speech on it. <laughs> like, some shit went down. <laughs> In the two chapters I read, some shit. Three chapters, thank you very much. Two and a half. I I have the exact number in my head. It's two and a half. The, like anyway, shit happened. Um. Anyway, while Emery starts dating a girl, Asa can't understand why Emery is taking so long to reply to her messages. Yeah. 
Uh, Asa, the most clueless little girl in the world. No choice but to stand Asa. No, no <laughs> other option but to stand the absolute cluelessness of, like, girl, it's 2021. You know gay people exist, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, like, very, very, very early on, when, like, in a flashback to the two of them being ten, Emity is like, yeah, I like girls. This <laughs> oh, so is just very clueless about this, as yes. many straight people are. As many Or straight. many closeted gay people are. Many closeted gay people. May, many closeted ace people, question mark? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I I love seeing into the like metaphorical world that like Emity is living in, where she like sees herself on a beach. That's her isolation, not a desert, but a beach. You know. Yeah. Um, and also just love seeing like, is this the first perspective chapter for Emity that we've gotten? I think so. Um, because yeah, just like. <clears throat> Seeing into her space a little bit, um, and seeing seeing her fall for this girl, um, is so nice after she spent all this time pining after Asa. Yeah. You know? Like, just seeing her just... I was worried that she was gonna meet this girl and be like, I can't take you, my heart belongs only to Asa. Like, I'm really glad that she's able to just be like, I'm going to date you because... Asa is clearly not going to date me. I am not going to spend the rest of my high school career hung up on this one girl that is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's also, like, a certain amount of talk of, like, you know, when Asa's parents died, this, like, pr- pressure almost. Like, yeah. well, I need to, like, remain her friend now. Yes, yes. Um, which is interesting because it's like her friend's like, well, were you thinking of not being her friend anymore? And Emily is like, no, it's not that I was thinking of not being her friend. It's that like now if something ever were to happen, like we are never we can never drift apart because I was her best friend when her parents died. And so I need to be in her life like indefinitely, yeah. you know. Um. Um. Also, yeah, just love to see, just love to see the gay girl have something go good for her, you know? Yeah, I guess I don't know when Emery sent, huh, that's embarrassing. But I did also note that, like, Emery seems to be messaging Machio shortly before. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. the, there's, like, the Machio, like, I started reading it, the one you recommended. Oh, nice, once you read it, let me know what you thought. Read it, corrected. Extremely me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, ha, huh, that's embarrassing. Whatever you think about well, is fine. Don't worry. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit. It's cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that, that like last message was sent a little late, but we get her on the train and then it's like immediately like, Emery's taking so long to read my messages. Yeah. Um, and Machio just being like, oh, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Tugging my collar. Um, but she's not even doing that. She's just like, yeah, Emery is you know, might be taking a while to respond for any number of reasons, yeah. you know? Um, I also just love that it's really nice that Machio is able to be supportive for Emity in this way. It's yeah. just really nice that, like, 
this feels like a, a role of adult that she is more suited to as like advisor to someone else's child rather than parent herself, you know, um, that like in a different world, she could have been this person for Asa, you know? Yeah. But also I think that, I think that fundamentally she is a pretty good parent. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but, but there's like a, she has a greater awkwardness around it. Yeah. And I think she does with like, oh yeah, I can like occasionally message Emery with some advice. Yes. I can show her fried green tomatoes, you know? Yeah. Give her a book about gay people or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should really read Nana. She should, Emery should read Nana. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed that chapter. Um, good for her. Getting mm-hmm. a girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, chapter 30. It's Valentine's Day, and Asa is angsty that she has no special person in her life to give chocolates to. When she complains to Makio about it, Makio remembers her friend who is aromantic, basically. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what, uh, what yeah. the, the case is with Motsu. Um, I think that's the one. Yeah. And it tells Asa that not everyone in this world needs love. Asa protests that that doesn't apply to her, but Makio says everything in this world is related to us somehow. This is this is why I was saying that like Asa is closeted ace question mark you know of just yeah. like this might be like a seed that is going to get watered over the next well I know so maybe it is but there's a certain amount where um you know Asa does seem to want some sort of love or attention yes. here yes um but there's a certain amount of like. You know, don't don't like write off me saying that like there are people who don't care about romance doesn't apply to you at all. Yeah. Th- knowing that like there's all of these different versions of the way that people like have relationships yeah. with other people is still like a thing that applies to you, even if like yeah. you aren't aromantic. But what if you're you know, you have a friend who is aromantic? Wouldn't or you... say gay. Yeah, hypothetically. Maybe. Hypothetically. Have you thought about what if you had a friend that was gay? Yeah. Um, what would you do if, say, you had a friend who was not interested in boys at all? Yes. Anyway, um, most important aspect of chapter 30 is that we do open on... Uh, Makio just got some dick. <laughs> Kazumachi... <laughs> Kazumachi looking swaggy as hell at the start of this chapter after uh, after uh, boning down. Yeah. Um. That's that. That's the main thing. I I, yeah. I I I've hopped off the Makio should fuck this lawyer train and fully on the uh keep keep getting the the stuffy office man dick. Um, I'm I'm now flipping because this is when I stopped the start of 30 mm-hmm. when I had to go back to work and then I run more later. Okay. Um, is this, oh no, that's Asa. Asa's messaging. This is Asa's shirt. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, because there's this where she's checking her phone being like, I remembered something and laughed. And I was like, because the, the conversation with Emery was like some sort of, uh, I just laughed out loud or whatever. This is, real quick, real quick. Tiny, tiny detail, mostly just down to Scanlation stuff. This has Emery in Asa's phone 
as Emily. But later, we are going to get somebody calls her Emily, and Asa is like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, that's the anglicized version of her name. Yeah. And I... I was like, oh, okay, that clears up a thing I'd been curious about. But now I'm noticing this little inconsistency here of her name is Emily in Asa's phone. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Does not matter. Truly doesn't matter. Yeah. Not trying to bag on this translation. This translation has been fine. Uh, I just noticed that and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um. Anyway, Makio got some dick. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. She needed it. <laughs> Um, um, I mean, some of these panels are, some of these panels are hot. Yeah. Also this, this illustration of like, uh, uh, Machio in like shorts and a striped shirt and a straw hat and then Kasumachi in his little shorts yeah. so and his be- button up and the- his ascot <laughs> the beginning of this chapter I'm not saying that uh, Makio isn't hot in, in this as well uh-huh. but especially I was reading this and I was like oh yeah she wrote some boys love before this didn't she yeah yeah the manga used to do BL and Kasumachi it is, shows is, yeah <laughs> He's styling. I mean, I mean, she clearly has a type when it comes to boys' love because basically eighty yeah. percent of the men she draws is that one guy. But yes, yes, <laughs> with different hair colors and slightly different uh, widths of faces. Uh, this is relating. This is more towards chapters that are coming up. Yeah, but one issue I was having as we get like volume eight is going to be a lot of high school scenes. I think. Yeah. Um. The mangaka has a little bit of a same face problem that was fine when the cast was like seven people, but opening up into high school scenes where there's a lot more people and there's perhaps like... There are times when there's a a blonde woman and uh, there's not enough attention drawn to that like specific scene because it's brief or... uh, you know, and often it's like over the shoulder or something where I'm like, so wait, is that Daigo... Or is that... I thought the lawyer uh, was hanging out in... Yes. I thought the lawyer was hanging out in Asa's class, helping another one of the students. Yeah. And then realized, no, he looks 30, but he's a high school student. Yeah. That is hitting on Asa's new friend. We'll get there. That's like chapter 33, I think. There's a moment here. Oh, the character showed up already. Yeah. It'll come up more, and I became more focused on this later. There is a character that looks a lot like a young Machio. Yes. But I think that's very intentional. I think that's I think that is an intentional saber face sort of thing. Yes. Um and I think in some ways the issue that's happening is that I think that that guy who looks like the lawyer is supposed to look like Kasumachi with blonde hair. But you know but, what the lawyer, the lawyer looks like? looks like Asukasumachi <laughs> with, with blonde lawyer. hair and a little bit thinner like he's maybe younger. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I also had this. There are a few times where, um, you know, having a conversation where I'm like, is this Motsu or Daigo or is this well, Emery's and, mom? And, and, and then and something the- would come up in the conversation and be like, oh, okay. I know which blonde woman this is. <laughs> and the other thing was when... That high school boy that looked like the lawyer is introduced. Asa looks surprised to see him. But what she's surprised about is this boy flirting with her new friend. 
And I thought she was surprised to see somebody she knew. <laughs> yeah. In a setting she didn't expect and also, him to. And also the boy is like, um, Chio, can I speak with you for a moment? As if he's the attorney who's here to check in on something serious just happened in her life. Yes. And now he's got another case he's got to work. Yes. <laughs> this, this is not me having read ahead. New friend, Chio, clearly just attempted suicide, right? Yeah. Like, that is obviously what has just yeah. happened. Okay, cool, cool. Glad yeah. we're on the same page about that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, this one in particular, I mean, a, a lot of it is around this, like, Valentine's Day and, and Asa having this. Is it? Um, did she meet up with the editor back there for one thing? For, like, one page back there? Yeah, so there's this, like, meeting with the editor. and the, Oh, yeah, and this yeah. is where, like, oh, you're writing a novel that's set in a high school. You need to have something for the Valentine's Day thing, and you need to get it turned in in a certain amount of time for the illustrator to be able to do a special Valentine's Day illustration. Yeah, because she is used to stuff being done for the end of the year. Um, but with, like, Valentine's stuff, that's, like, then important for the yeah. high school. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Oh, when these come out is different than the magical, like, yeah. fantasy stuff you were doing. Yeah. No one cares if it's, like, Christmas and Magic Knight Ray Earth, but they do care if it's, like, you know, host club. <laughs> well, I, just I, named I feel the like some two... of this, too, is, like, <laughs> Ray Earth is probably going to do more of the magical, like, Christmas yeah. thing. Yeah. Than is going to do the Valentine's thing. Yeah. Um. But... It's also funny because when Juno got introduced, I thought Juno was Makio's editor for a minute, uh, and then realized, oh no, Juno's just a fellow author. And then seeing Makio's editor, like a couple chapters later, I'm He's like, just such a boring dude, <laughs> just such a boring man. It's very funny. Um, yeah, not not a ton here that really hooked me. Not a bad chapter by any means, but nothing. Um, the the main thing that I really enjoyed was um, how enigmatic uh, at the end of this chapter Machio is being, and Machio at a certain point being like, "Yeah, I'm going to be enigmatic because I like puzzling this child and giving her things to think about." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, some of it too is this like. You know, Asa being like, ah, oh, Kasamachi gave you the, like, bigger box of chocolate. She's like, yeah, he said it's favoritism. <laughs> he likes me. We're, we're not, we're not dating, but. <laughs> they're dating. Yeah, this they're is dating. dating. They're extremely dating. Also, the, like, slightly turning aside to read the paper I thought was. Yeah. It's such a, like, subconscious thing you do. Yeah. Because you are, like, the kid can't read it when they're on the other side of the table, but you still, yes. like huddle away a little bit yeah yeah um, um yeah and then just like eating the chocolate and and yeah <laughs> um yeah i love i love also being like i i have no idea what you're talking about and Machio is saying just think about it and then the volume ends <laughs> great quality stuff here um all right that's volume eight you need volume seven <sighs> It's doing the thing where it's like it. It's, seven is already marked as red, and so yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, there we go. Well, now, but now you're on the last page of here. There we go. Okay. Um, page thirty-one. Asa writes down many of Machio's quote-unquote insults. Yes, which are just like these extremely uh, specific words that she's yes. using to describe things. 
um, and becomes especially focused on the word vacuous, as at the same time, somehow maybe related, tries to understand her uh, who her father actually was. Yeah, why does the word why did looking up the definition of vacuous evoke memories of my father who didn't seem to speak to me? Yeah. Who could say? <laughs> Uh, what could possibly be the connection um, Maki also talks to Michi that, that's her name right um, mm. Emery's mom yes yes um, another blonde woman who I thought was Daigo for a moment yeah <laughs> um, until it was like oh new uh, Asa's parents yes okay. yes <laughs> um, and Michi says that he was very socially d- disconnected and Maki was like Ah, uh, like me. And she's like, mm, not like you. We're here having a conversation. I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Extremely funny. In this chapter, Emily's mom is like, I didn't know how to say to Asa that I didn't really like her dad. <laughs> I didn't understand why, like, her mom married her dad. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's super obvious to me that, like, she didn't mean to get pregnant and ended up with this guy. Yeah. And hence their weird commonwealth marriage. Hence, like, you know, she does not seem to be that interested in Asa's dad. But, like, she was pregnant and was in this situation. I almost expect that to be a thing that will be in Asa's mother's diary at some point, And Asa has just not read far enough for it. Yeah. But who knows? Um, Might be a thing. Also seems like a thing that Asa's mother would just omit entirely, you know? Yeah. Um, so let me see. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was the gist of it. Um, in general, uh, this one didn't fully hook me. Yeah. The chapter. Um, Did the chapters get longer in here? They were. They were about like... 33 pages when I was reading them in Tachiomi. Have they always been 33 pages? Um, I feel like it. I don't I, know. I do know this This series was a big hit, so I, I was wondering, because some of the pacing just felt a tad off, I was wondering, like, oh, did the, 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 the series, like, get, like, oh, you can take up more of the magazine, and maybe that's why some of the pacing was a little whack. I mean, it did maybe, like, slow down a little bit. Maybe. Oh, but this, page 32, this is yeah. good shit. This is the, this so is what this, I came this, here this for. This is a good uh, chapter. I didn't write a lot about it because it's sort of there's a lot happening in a way. Yeah, it's where, an, it's another know. like lunch scene, interweaving conversations. Um, also, a little hard to track because we are going to get flashbacks to Kasamachi and the lawyer both in college situations, and I was like, I don't know. And then we're gonna get that overlaid with I think the high school kids that the one kid who yeah. looks like. Uh, Togo the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a little bit here that is hard. This one to... is not as masterful where you can track everything and yes. everything's interweaving. Weird that she's better at keeping women separated uh, than um, keeping men separated. <laughs> just, just looking at these two, she's definitely previously drawn art of basically these characters. Yes. Maybe not like literally Kasamachi and Togo, but like these basic designs. Yeah. For these two guys having sex before. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I hope that she draws it in this series. <laughs> page 32. Uh, Kasumachi and Togo talk about the rituals of being a man in society and the ways that they limit your humanity and turn everything into a game of chicken to be the most macho and misogynist. 
That's lo- basically the gist of it. Yeah. I love that how this happens is that the two of them are, like, going to lunch, and Kasamachi is like, oh, you, I know you, let's grab lunch together. And lawyer guy is like, I don't like grabbing lunch with people. (laughs) 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 Kasamachi is doing an incredibly normal thing. Like, if, if me and somebody I used to work with at Starbucks were both at a restaurant at the same time, I would just be like, oh, do you want to eat together and catch up? You know? Uh, and and Lawyer Man is incapable of normal human interactions. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, I will only agree to this if we specifically go to a place that's like, everybody gets their own plate. Yeah. <laughs> like, no hot pot <laughs> for me, thank you. <laughs> And then this leads into a conversation where he's like, yeah, I used to hate going out to get drinks with people in college because, like, everybody would want to, like, you know, share drinks and stuff. Um, Also, I thought, oh, that is Emily. No, it's not. Is it? This is Emery. And that's Asa. And that's a boy who has a crush on Emily or had one and Emily turned him down and now he's being kind of a weird misogynistic asshole about it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, That's how that's how. The Asa story ties into the conversation that Kasumachi and Togo are having. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we get some of that stuff. Uh, we we get a little bit about, you know, that, like, encounter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think, and again, I don't... I feel like if I was localizing this, what is it, the... Uh, the things like baptisms for being a man in society, I would have just been like macho male hazing, hazing rituals or whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like that'd just be the more hazing local. is like a great yeah, word. Hazing for... would be the like baptisms is probably closer to what the Japanese is, but I just feel like in English we would say hazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one that stood out to me. Oh, but yeah. So then there's like, um, you know, the, the boys watching porn in one of the rooms that a girl walks into, um, unclear, you know, we've got this, like some of this too, the, the kid playing base baseball Mm -hmm. that's also happening in this. And he kind of just like wants out of the situation. Um, and they're like, Oh, but if you quit, that's not manly. And he's like, so it's manly to be like in a situation where people punch me in the gut all the time. That's the manly thing. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, So just put up with this. Um, but then I think that this stuff, so I thought some of this stuff was maybe related to, yeah, so this is then that boy who's waiting for Chio. Yes. And he learns Ooh, God. that uh, she Chio. didn't come to school anymore because she found out about how she wants to get into med school. And there was like this report that found out that they were like uh, intentionally manipulating the scores of, of female students so that they wouldn't get into the school or whatever. Right. This is also, I don't know that we've really met Chio very well yet. We might have yeah. bumped into her in the book, but she has not been a focal character yeah, in the way that she briefly showed up. She will be a focal character in the next two chapters. And so that is part of why it is a little hard to track this other boy who has a crush on Chio, you know? Yeah. But also, um, it kind of makes sense because she wasn't in school, you know? Yeah. But then, like, 
so there's that stuff. And I kind of figured out like, oh, I remember Chio. She showed up. Yes. And I, I, you know, there's the phone with Chi Chi. And I'm like, this is not the past. But then there's this one of like them standing on the edge of the school. And I don't, is that the boy that like, is he one of the ones here? Or are these just other boys at the school currently? Or is this a memory that like he's having or something? I read like, this. I read this as flashback. These yeah. three boys here. And same with like the the baseball thing. Is that flashback or is that one of the characters at the school? Yeah. Some of that stuff got like mixed around. Yes. I I do really enjoy this chapter as just like Kasumachi and Togo like trying to relate to each other um, and just being such fucking weirdos um togo especially being like oh i talked to asa and she was like what should i be when i grow up or something like that and i said i don't know what you mean (laughs) (laughs) she did phrase it inside of a weird way um let me see the other day i had an interview or rather a chat with her and during it she asked me how do i become the me that i want to be which is the question that she asked juno yeah. Uh, and Juno was like, well, that's sort of the eternal question, you yeah. know? <laughs> and then uh, Kasumachi said, ha, ah, youth. So how'd you respond? Um, well, and it's like, like goals and stuff. <laughs> also, yeah, like, also, explains it in more clear terms. Like, yeah. how do I set goals? <laughs> and, and, and he says, uh, I didn't know what she was talking about. So I, de- I said, I know, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what? That's what you said? Kasumachi being like, oh god, I have so much dadding to do now. <laughs> um, now that you mention it, Asa made a rather extreme face. <laughs> um, I I do love, like, the chapter closes on Asa making a very grim face at her, uh, at her notebook. Yeah. Being like, oh, I gotta puzzle this shit out. Um... um I guess there's a little more after that, yeah. but yeah. And there's a little puzzling out. Did my dad love me or not or whatever? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so page 33, uh, also worries about standing out and if it's a good or a bad thing. Uh, she remembers when she was little and sang in a competition and her mom just noted that she didn't win. And her dad said, you stood out. Yeah. God. Um, she talks with Makio and Makio's friend Motsu about standing out as well as trying to be the character that people expect of you, which Motsu suggests not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Makio tells Asa if anyone makes fun of her for standing out, she should just kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and Makio decides to audition to sing for the Light Club Band performance. I love... That's like a... That's like a humor... That, like, is just very common for people of, like, your generation, Makio's generation, my generation. But Asa is just such a literal person that, like, kill them? What do you mean? (laughs) Well, and also it's, like, a thing that, like, probably her mom would not have said. Yes. Would not have given any advice like that. Yes, yes. Oh, well, you shouldn't listen to what those, like, mean people are saying or whatever. Makio's just going to be like, if anyone says it, you should kill them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so I think some of it is also the like you're being so like weird and informal right now, and I don't yeah I don't know if you're being serious because you say everything so seriously and dryly, or yes. if this is a joke yeah because uh, I'm also not used to parents joking yes yes <laughs> and you are my mom now <laughs> I do continue to have flashes where you're just my mom <laughs> um 
I forget where it was in here. There's one where, um, it might be coming up where Asa goes to sleep over at Emery's. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a part where you're like, they are just like walking through the house. And so there's like them going into the hallway, but then there's also like this memory of like Asa, Emery, Asa's parents, Emery's parents, Uh all sitting at a table together. Yeah. And they're just like walking past it. Yeah. In the same panel. Yeah. Uh, that's also very like, sometimes you just go to a space and you just like briefly have the like sense of a memory there. It's really amazing that like this manga is able to pull off such great panels where that is completely legible. And, <laughs> and, and also anytime you try to, she, she tries to do the same thing, but with men, it's like completely <laughs> unintelligible. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Also, I like this thing about, uh, her needing help with the dress. There's uh, fucking zippers on those dresses, I swear. Man, man, don't get me started. Um. Also, I love I love Motsu, uh, Makio's friend, who's just hanging out on Zoom, helping Makio figure out um, like a dress to wear, uh, and like wants to help also with her problems. And Makio's like, don't let Motsu help you with your problems. She's just a youth vampire. And Asa <laughs> like talks to her a little bit and Motsu gives her some advice. Um, and at the end of it, she's like, mmm, delicious youth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like she's like, yeah, Makio was right about me. I am sort of living vicariously through you, child. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we do get though, like people being impressed when she sings. Yes, I do. I like that Asa is just good at singing. I'm really glad that Asa is just good at that, you know? Yeah. It's a very, like, I needed this kid to have a win, and this kid just being good at singing is, like, very nice, you know? And receiving the sort of instant gratification for being good at singing that she was chasing with the lyrics writing stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um... Yeah, this was a very cute chapter. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Also, the, 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 the background stuff of just, like, Makio taking dresses on, taking dresses off, uh, like, oh, Asa, can you help me with the zipper? That sort of stuff, like, happening in the background is, like, really, yeah, it's just heartwarming, you yeah. know? Uh, and just, like, the friend on Zoom or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Wine video, Probably. Probably. This comic was, like, officially sponsored by Line. I swear to God. This is just, like, I just truly believe Line is, like, the dominant messaging app in Japan. Yeah. Like, you play Japanese games where they have messaging now, and they've all got fucking, they are Line stickers that they're doing. Yeah. When there's, like, people send stickers and things. Uh, And so reading this, too, is, like, I was, like, aware of that, but then it being, like, oh, like, uh, Michi has Line and stuff, and I'm, like, damn, like... I guess I'm like a parent now and I have line, but that's still, mm-hmm. it just, it just feels like, I don't think of line as like a, uh, older parents thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, parents of older kids. It's just, although also di- I didn't have a kid until I was in like 30. So yeah, it's just a different <clears throat> demographic for, um, yeah. In America. Um, um, chapter 34. Page 34. Page 34. Makio and Asa talk over breakfast about lies, the truth, and writing. 
Also also asks why Makio is so much more careful and uses more difficult words when speaking to her uh, than when Akio is talking to her friends when she's more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, on a train to school, Asa encounters Chio, who has been absent, again, likely suicide attempt. That seems to be what's implied here. Um, and they talk vaguely about how they both have had it rough. Um, there's a part where, like, Chio sort of comments on, like, oh, but here I am you know, upset about my problems and you have it worse. And Asa's like, I don't really think this is about like comparing and ranking Mm -hmm. whose like hardship is the worst hardship. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's like actually how this works. Very mature of Asa. Yeah. You know, um, internally Asa doesn't understand why it isn't impressive that she has gotten into music after her hardships. Mm -hmm. Um, Chio asks Asa if she thinks her life is over, and Asa yells, No, I don't, but I'm still alive. I still have the right to worry about whatever I want, no matter how dumb it is. Uh, Chio seems somewhat emotionally taken aback and laughs. We can kind of intuit why again. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Asa has her promise to come to her live performance. Yes. Uh, This is, one, gay as hell. Gay as hell. Yeah, so I was also reading this being like, Oh, Emery's off like getting a girlfriend now, but it, is Asa still gonna figure something out here? Yeah, is is it like she like Asa can't think of Emery in this way because they've been friends for so long, but now with this new girl who does have Makio face on purpose this time, not not like oh yeah, <laughs> I only know how to draw three faces, but like this is supposed to be Makio face, you know, the way that she instantly kind of latches onto Chio, it latches onto Chio in like Emily being not absent, but maybe like a little more distant. Um, feels purposeful to like is, yeah, is Asa going to like come to a realization here soon? Um, yeah, and, there's even, like, ways that, like, Chio's shocked face feels like yes. a Makio shocked face. I, I really like that they're getting along more or less well. Chio, like, maybe does some things that agitate Asa, but, 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 like, Asa goes, like, zero to sixty on this, like, do you feel like your life is over thing. Like, that really upsets her. But also, she's able to sort of, like, within this chapter, sort of, like, claw her way back to, like, a normal state still. You know? Like, blew up about that, but was able to sort of, like, not let it ruin her whole day. I felt like that is, like, a good moment of growth from Asa in a subtle way, you know? Um, That, like, the Asa we have known, and maybe she will still be feeling bad about this moment in future chapters, I don't know. But, like... That she didn't let it d- destroy her whole day feels like some growth from her. You yeah. Know? Well, and also it's just like emphasizing this different uh, sort of reaction or emotion that like both of them are having around this idea of death. Mm-hmm. Where like Chio is clearly suicidal. Mm-hmm. And Asa is like, I watched my parents die. Mm-hmm. And I just have like, and I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and just has this like different relationship to it. Um, I also like this moment where <clears throat> it seems like Chio is starting to cry. Uh, Asa like messes up going through the gates to to exit out of the train, 
And so Chio's like, well, like taking basically this moment of like, I'm going to go on ahead and like basically cry and be alone. Yeah. And Asa's like, no, and like jumps, and yeah. grabs onto her. And a like moment that is very gay. But. Very, very like, I'm going to be physically, physically affectionate with you because I am physically affectionate with Emity. And I maybe didn't realize in this moment that not everybody is okay with being glomped all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. God, I can't believe... I think about this all the time. In the official translation of the Ava manga, there is a part where uh, an Ava jumps animalistic-like onto uh, an angel to attack it. And the sound effect that they chose was glomp. <laughs> yeah. I think about it all the time. Anyway. Somebody knew. Somebody yeah. re- somebody making that knew. They were like, I'm putting this Ex- in for me. That was the era of glomp. Yeah. Yes. Everybody yeah. knew. Yeah. The editors knew. Yeah. When they approved it. Um. Anyway, the, I also like the I start guess... of page 35. Uh, also wearing this shirt, death happens but never die young. Yeah, man. <laughs> this rocks. <laughs> This is such a sick-ass t-shirt. Um, anyway, this is the chapter that got me emotional. Well, I'll go through and maybe... Uh, yeah. You know, so, tease out some of the stuff of why. This chapter didn't hit me as hard as I wanted it to, because I was starting to get anxious about, like, <clears throat> am I into Volume 7 yet? What's going on? <laughs> um, but the, the, the place that this chapter ends is so good. Yeah. So, uh, Asa and Chio are late to school and miss Homeroom. Uh, another boy in class, Togo, I think is his name. Is it? Wait, what's the lawyer's name then? Because I was calling him Togo earlier. Fuck me. The lawyer's name is not Togo, I don't think. What's the what's the fucking Morimoto? No, no. Morimoto is Chio is Morimoto. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Fuck. he's not Togo. We'll have to figure it out. We'll have to figure it out. Oh, oh, at the start of each volume, there's a little cast list. Yeah. You could pull that up, I guess. Um, Don't worry about it. Then, uh, so yeah, he talks with Chio about a book he borrowed. Uh, Asa does her first live performance, hoping that Chio will hear it and it will help in some way. Uh, She thinks about talking with Makio about who she writes for, and Makio says she doesn't do anything for others. Um, and then says, like, more accurately, no matter what she does, she can't change someone's heart or change their actions. Tono is the lawyer. Tono. Tono. Wow, she really gave the similar-looking characters uh, very, you know... Similar names. Yeah. Because so I, think, I think it is Togo for him. Um... But anyway, do you, do you want me to go back in the synopsis? And please, please. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. listeners. I'm, I'm so sorry. I was distracted. So Asa and Chio are late for school and miss homeroom. Another boy in class, Togo, talks with Chio about a book he borrowed. Asa does her first live performance, hoping that Chio will hear it and it will help in some way. She thinks about talking with Makio about who she writes for. Makio says that she doesn't do anything for others. Um, and then also, like... We can get into the actual specific thing she says, but it's sort of clarifying being like, no matter what you do, you cannot change someone's heart. You cannot change their actions. Like, there's like a limit to what you can even do. Mm -hmm. Um, And Asa says, 
but you did take me in when my parents died. Mm. That was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Makio thinks about it and she's like, in a way though, I was doing that not like out of selflessness, but because I personally could not accept and forgive what was happening to you. Mm -hmm. Um, That it was still like a thing that I was feeling that I had to act on. Right. Uh, I think is what she, what she's trying to communicate. Um, then, uh, in a voiceover that seems to be from the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. for, I think the first time. Uh-huh. Beyond just kind of diary stuff that seems to be more in the present. Yeah. Uh, Asa thinks about how she was childish back then. Mm-hmm. And maybe still kind of is, but also because she hasn't completely given up on this idea of changing the world with her song. Even if that change is just one person remembering it 10 years later, the person that we see remembering it seemingly from the future is an older Emery. Yeah, man. Yeah. I lost my shit for this drawing of 10 years later, Emity. Yeah. This is so good. Holy shit. What an incredible splash page of just like Emity, like age 30. Yeah. Um, even if it's just someone 10 years from now saying, hey, Asa, when was it that you did that song on the concourse? Yeah. Um, and 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 the thing that Asa most wants out of this huge moment of, of her being brave is is to be noticed by Chio and to be remembered years later by Emery. And I love the sort of like purposeful ambiguity of is that actually Emery 10 years from now still friends with Asa remembering that or is that like a projection yeah because if it was a projection it feels like the the manga has like a sort of metaphorical dreamlike mode that it can get into and this is not that this is like a concrete sort of like drew the the details on the shirt and the hoop earrings and everything, you know, yeah. like could, and, the, could, and the different like haircut and stuff. Yeah. So it definitely could be projection could be. I hope this is like this, but could actually be a flash forward, especially when you take into account that the monologue for the first time seems to be from a point in the future, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, maybe that future is like a couple days later when she's writing about this in her diary, or maybe that future is like, this is so fucking good. Yeah. This is an incredible splash page. It even starts in true, like Nana fashion back then. (laughs) It's not just that. The the true Nana fashion of it is that this is a totally blank white page other than a sort of surprised Asa face that we've seen a hundred times in this comic. You know, yeah. totally blank I white. I mean, the Nana difference is that there'd like be some sort of uh, processed cityscape of Tokyo yes. in the background. But... Yeah. but but Nana is no stranger to a blank white page. Yeah. You know, um, so blank white page other than this one little Asa face. And then there's back then, blah, 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 blah. And then we get a couple, like, scenes of, like, people watching, you know, wordless splash page of Asa and 
singing and this other girl playing guitar. And then, and I just realized, I think, go here. If I'm not mistaken, these two would be side by side when we were reading the, um, like, if we had a paperback in front of us. And then I think this Emery would be side by side with this young Asa singing. Yeah. In the so it would be like a double page spread of future Emery, current Asa. What a good fucking moment, dude! Yeah, this whole series is worth it for this moment. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. <laughs> um, and I I think also the there's like because there's a, also this conversation with Machio happening, mm-hmm. um, sort of in the like vicinity of this stuff too. There is this certain, um, like, there's this question of, like, why do people create things? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I've heard if it's in this chapter or another one where Machio talks about how, like, uh, when you get famous enough, you have to, like, have some sort of relationship to the fact that people out in the world are talking about you. Yes. And she's yes. like, there are some people who, like, basically name search. Yeah. I forget what else they say that's less... Ego search. Ego search. Yeah. Which, again, feels more like a probably a literal translation of what they would say. I have Um, heard people say ego search. Okay. I I have heard. I I understood that. Um, I feel like I've just always heard name search. Yeah, sure. um, You know, there's some people who name search and there's other people who, like, very intentionally don't. Also, like, well, which one are you? And it's like, I'm not going to tell you that one. Uh, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Machio is name searching. Are you? I feel like you don't say that's my little secret unless you're name searching. Yeah. (laughs) I promise you any tweet about Machio's books is getting read in seconds. She's got a Google alert for her own name. The whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, so there's like that. There's also her doing this like uh, genuinely very kind and like giving of herself thing and taking Asa in. Mm-hmm. There's also the way that she is talking about it as being addressing this like own internal need to like do something about things. Um, and so in some ways, like Asa and Machio are actually talking about the same thing of like seeing something. And wanting to do something to make that situation better. And Machio is just a little bit more bitter and cold about it. Mm-hmm. And has probably had more situations where you try to do the thing and it still doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of like Asa's naivete or childishness yeah. is holding out more hope for like changing the world with this. Yeah. The the the, the childishness that this that she's still feeling in the future is the, like, I can change the world by singing, you know? Yeah. Um, but also that, like, uh, but in recognizing that it's a little childish, maybe is like, you know, not fully beholden to it. Yeah. Well, and it's also just having that, like, I just want to have a meaningful impact on other people. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, even if it's just like one person, um, which then gets framed up, which I didn't mention in the synopsis. I think as it happens after the end of the actual proper mm-hmm. chapter in the, the like extra pages. Um, 
but the the boy, the blonde boy who looks like the lawyer but isn't the lawyer, but sure does look like the lawyer. Uh, yeah, Togo. Oh, I don't think I saw this before. Um, so he is like setting up a, a Twitter account basically to like try and spread awareness about the the. Um, Aww, look yeah, at him about the like uh, med school stuff. But then sweet thing, this man. is also this thing where he is doing this in this way where it's like, I want to like change the world and like fix this whole thing. Yeah. But also in some ways by doing this, it's, it may not change the actual like whole problem of like misogyny in medical industry and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is still an action that might still help out Chio in some way. Yeah. Because someone is like caring about it. Um. I wanted to see what that was. That's all. Oh, I think this is the book that he borrowed from Chia. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I, I, the, the, the incredible homosexuality of Asa has this big moment of I wanted to sing my song and be recognized by the world, and then, uh, uh Chio. Talks and I down really wanted from... Chio to be here and is like wondering. Because also she has just been hanging out in the like window up above. Yeah. So I don't think he even realized she was there for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says from the window up above, Takumi, uh, <laughs> nice job. I witness you. And also being like, I don't know what that was, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and being kind of flustered and, and blushing, uh, blushing. And yeah. This shit gay as hell. I was about to whisper that in your ear and then I realized we were on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, one of the other things too, I mean, there's obvious, we've talked about like other ways that, um, you know, there, there is a very clear, like visual mirroring, mirroring. Mm-hmm. One of the things too, where I was like, this is very clearly intentional, um, is when they get off the train, like the chapter starts with them walking to school mm-hmm. and they're talking about how they're going to be late, um, and miss the like first, uh, class or whatever. And Asa says that you know, her aunt said that she'd be late two hours to school sometimes, like often. Uh, and she was like two hours and is like, but she still somehow got into like college. college. Yeah. So, um, but you know, and there's like this like delinquent or something. And then we like get this brief shot of like, you know, them kind of in trouble coming into school from some teacher. Mm-hmm. And so this is like clearly linking, like from what we know, there was some sort of kind of abusive stuff happening and like things that Makia was struggling with mm-hmm. when she was in school mm-hmm. and was late to school often and probably got treated somewhat as a delinquent because of it. Uh-huh. And here are these two girls who have had difficult things happening in their life uh-huh. and are late to school uh-huh. and are getting treated as delinquents. Uh-huh. And so there's like a very clear like linking yeah. up there. Yeah. I, this, this stuff is so good. This series is really good. And I, you know, it's funny because I I spent so much complaining about it because of sometimes the men are hard to tell apart. But man, when the series hits, it's fucking good. But also the men are often hard to tell apart. The men are often hard to tell apart. You gotta, am, you gotta draw some different hairstyles. I am. I gla- understand that men are kind of bad at having different hairstyles. Yeah. I understand this. I understand that men are bad at having distinctive fashion. Yeah. I'm friends with Connor. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, um, 
I'm also really glad that we're reading this at the pace we were reading it. I feel like if I just read this whole through the whole thing through in like a week, I probably wouldn't appreciate it at the level that like doing this podcast is like given to me. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Catch us back here in two weeks talking about more Ikoku Nikki. This is already two and a half hours, but we really haven't talked about Persona 4. Man. Here's the thing. It's it's eleven thirty. It's eleven thirty. We um You're gonna be playing Persona 4 I'm for at least playing... two more weeks. Yes. How about this week, you and me, we do some Persona 4 bonus content. We put that up as like a little check-in. Uh we could do that for the five dollar patrons. Um and Maybe we could. I I watched a I watched some struck work this week that I would love to talk about for like five minutes. Don't have a lot to say about it, but a little something. And then just hold it in the can until um, strikes over. Yeah, or just put it up as bonus content. Either way, I don't know. We I should hold it. We should hold that. Okay. Well then, yeah. This Friday or Saturday, something like that, we will record Persona Four bonus content. I will. At least by the hour mark, I expect I'll be like the halfway point by then. I saw that there's eight dungeons, I think, and I have done two dungeons. So, yeah. I don't know if I read spoilery titles by reading the names of those dungeons, so I have no idea. But yeah, we'll see. I'll also be adjusting to my new job, so maybe my pace on Persona 4 will fall off a little bit. We'll see. But, um, yeah. We'll we'll do we'll do Persona Four bonus content and that'll be for five dollar patrons. Cause yeah, like I'm down to have that conversation, but also like I have some chores to run in the morning. You're gonna go do a thing with your family tomorrow morning. Like I did a Starfield podcast right before this where I spoke about Persona Four a little bit. Uh, it, it I maybe just want to. Also, like, you and I have talked about the point where I'm at. Yeah. And so I think it would help me, even if we are, talk about some of the same things we've talked about off mic, yeah. to progress a little bit so that I can at least start the conversation fresh, and then we can sort of get to more fundamental things that I'm really enjoying about this game as we go along. Yeah. I guess the one little preview, too, of a thing that I we talked about on the phone that I definitely want to like bring up and talk through a little bit is also like why I think there's a certain reputation around Atlas. Like I think like fundamentally as a company, I'm not saying that Atlas isn't also homophobic and queerphobic in ways, but I think also like Square Enix is those things. Mm. Uh, despite the like canon gay relationship that exists in the new Final Fantasy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lots of JRPGs are being made by companies that probably have the same fundamental issues. Yes. But there's a specific way that, like, Atlas gets singled out. And I think, as someone who's been an Atlas fan for a long time and has been disappointed in Atlas numerous times (laughs) um, around these things, there's a certain amount of, like, context I want you to give for, like, why especially, like, like, you are playing, you're not playing Golden. You're mm-hmm. playing original Persona 4. Yeah. Because when you were asking me about, like, a game to play that would be, like, a Shin Megami Tensei game that I enjoyed. Yeah. I was like, I think that you should just play the original Persona 4 and understand what that is. Because that's the one that I really liked. 
And you can find out about all the stuff that disappoint was disappointing in Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it will give you an actual better understanding of like a certain point in Atlas history yeah. and the the discourse stuff around it. So well, and we'll I probably think... talk more about that and how I think like Persona Four Golden, Persona Five, like fandom, the Persona fandom grew. That doesn't necessarily mean people were going back and playing the old games. They were often coming in being like, oh, I heard Persona 4 was good and now there's Golden and I'm going to just play that. And I think that like intensified the space for the discourse to become really intense. To give like the broadest overview too on my sort of positive reaction to we'll, we'll say queer themes in Persona 4 is that I am able to sort of hold in my head, especially because of the era that this game came out in, that I will probably be disappointed by wherever the conclusion of this game ends up, that there has already been disappointing content in this game for me, as far as, like, wanting to see queer people represented in this game. But that, like, for me... The joy of it is sort of like reading queerness into text that like has space for it and also like wants to push it out. Like, like, I don't, I guess I don't want to have the full conversation right now because we were both tired. But like, I had a moment last night where Yosuke was being hella homophobic to Kanji, right? Yeah. And like, I think the thing that is probably more in line with the intention of the text is that, like, Yosuke is homophobic, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. The The way that is interesting for me to read it, that I think there is space for, and I enjoy the sort of, like, ambiguity, the playfulness, the, 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 the contradictory nature of this, is reading it as Yosuke is working through his own homosexuality by projecting homophobia out into the world because he feels like that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Because, like, I said homophobic things all the time before realizing I was gay, you know? Because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, you know? Yeah. So... That's a thing that... Go that back is, to our conversation about uh, the the baptisms of being a man in society or whatever. Right. And so that's a process <clears throat> that I enjoy. That is the process that we are engaging with every time we watch Battles Without and we're like, this is gay as hell. And no actual homosexual act is being portrayed on the screen. They do drink each other's they blood. They do drink each other's blood. <laughs> like, this is the process that we are engaging with all the time on stairwells. And I think that is a process that is like does not fit into the framework that like fandom generally engages with gaming, you know, or or yeah. any media product. <clears throat> Within like fan discourse, it has to be no, this is a great queer text, or this is homophobic, and there's not. I really like Persona Four because it's fucking weird and messy about queer themes, yes. and sometimes is like hostile. Yes. And at other times is weirdly welcoming. And I don't know 
What if that is just me purely reading into it and doing work for them? I know there's some of that happening. I don't know what part of it is video games are made by large teams. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's like some sort of internal thing happening where some people want to do this more and other people are like yeah, on the team are being more homophobic and you're getting the weird mix in it. Yeah. What if it is like, how is the translation process just changing my ability to even interact and relate with the way that they're talking about these things because like the way that transness is just talked about and conceived of in japan is different than it is in the united states and there's like a weird way that people want japanese trans people to fit like a specific american version of what trans is and there's some parts where I can understand where that's like coming from. And there's some parts where I'm like, this is still a weird queer cultural imperialism that we want to do on Japan or whatever. Yeah. And so all this stuff is like this weird there. And so that's the thing of like persona four. I love to turn over in my head. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, it, it, that's different than like, Oh, this is like a, uh, this is great queer representation. That's like not even a, uh, a goal that I'm actively seeking most of the time in art is like good queer representation. I'm more often when it's that's coming is I'm like more often seeking like queer artists or like queer people making things. There is a, there is a, and I understand this and I sympathize with, and sometimes I enjoy this, you know, lots of people want to like play games, watch movies, watch tv shows where it is just normal and accepted that people are queer that it is not a point of conflict within the story that people are queer and i totally get that like i am not like i i feel that sometimes too Uh, but also my favorite thing in the world is nana a thing that's all about the conflict of queer stuff is happening but also people are homophobic including internally homophobic about being gay themselves and that's the thing that I'm enjoying story-wise in Persona 4. The, my favorite thing about Persona 4 is not any of this stuff. My favorite thing about Persona 4 is social linking and going through dungeons. Is the yeah. like gameplay loop of yeah. a video game. That's the other thing is the games are just fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing is that I'm enjoying the gameplay of the video game, but that's not what people want to talk about. People want to talk about is it homophobic or not. Yeah. But anyway, we. But will... then this is also why Persona Four is my favorite of them because the thing that it's being weird and kind of messy about is queerness, rather than like Persona Three being about suicidality in a way that I can see how Persona Four would hit people wrong, because the stuff that's happening in Persona Three hits me very wrong as somebody who yeah struggled a lot with like being suicidal. But anyway, my... when I was younger, we will talk about all this more because I keep. Coming up with other... Oh, one more thing. Oh, one more thing I want to add. And we should just cut her off right here. Persona 5 is not really about much. It is, (laughs) but it's so much more just like the kids are going to fix politics someday. It's weird. It's it's a lot. I I love the gameplay loop of it. There are parts of it where I don't because it's too too smooth. Uh But uh, I also just feel like it's the least interesting to turn over in my head. Where can people find you online? You can find me at FoxMomNia on Twitter and co-host and um, Blue Sky, Letterboxd, which I'm not using right now, Annie List, which I am, so you can see 
when I update Ikogo Nikki chapters. Um, go listen to my other podcasts. Go listen to Ghost Divers. We're talking about Nana. I think those episodes are good. Um, go listen to Pondering Puton. We are, as always, sometimes talking about Community High School. Sometimes talking about Hollow Care. If you want to hear more Hollow Care, I, I enjoyed the Puton this um, week that is mostly about RPGs and Hollow Care. The funniest. Connor in particular, I know this because I just see more reactions. Like, M messages me about, like, their reactions to Pondering Puton. Connor constantly forgets that people listening to Pondering Puton are not reading Cromartie High School. Yeah. So I informed him about how, like, there's one where we were doing this bit that we got this, like, hate letter in the email. And it was, like, purely just based off, like, we were reading I- lines from the manga itself. I knew that that was, you were doing a manga bit. I knew that nobody sent that, the podcast hate mail. And M, probably knowing most likely it was a bit, but just sent like, this has to be a bit, right? Nobody's sending you hate mail. And I was like, you, you gotta read the chapter. We are specifically, this is us doing a review of the chapter. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Atumal underscore coffee co-host i changed it autumnal coffee no underscore no dash just autumnal coffee um uh patreon.com slash export audio five dollars a month gets you uh hunter hunter episodes of coffee and comic books um those have been very popular number has gone up on the patreon i really hope that you all stay when we are not covering shonen manga anymore (laughs) because we will, we will certainly be doing that. Like, we, you know, we'll read, you know, Vinland Saga on Coffee and Comic Books in the Fullness of Time or something like that. But, like, sometimes Rick and I want to talk about, like, some superhero bullshit that happened in 1985. Or sometimes we want to talk about some comics from Garo from the 60s or whatever. And I, I just hope that you all enjoy our work enough to stick around when we're not talking about Hunter Hunter. <laughs> The number going up has given me a little anxiety this week. <laughs> I'm still so proud of you for not saying Hunter x Hunter. I said it you've like... Gotten, you've gotten... You you don't do it at all anymore. You can... Have you have you listened to the Chimera Ant Part 1 episode? Yeah. Well, I'm in the middle of it. Okay. You can hear me. I've been saying Tagashi all this time. And then at some point in the Chimera Ant Part 1 episode, Rick says Togashi... And you can hear me start to realize in real time, oh, Togashi is definitely the right way to say that, isn't it? Yeah. And trying to correct Togashi. my, to trying to connect, blah, 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 correct my pronunciation in the middle of the episode by Chimera Ant Part Two. I basically got it nailed down, and I'm just saying Togashi now. But <laughs> it's just very funny because he says it once or twice, and then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, after you give us money, which please do exportodd.io, that's exportodd.io, that will take you to the Patreon for $1, and you get, you this know. This podcast early, Pardon My Fist early. Pondering Pouton early. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Hot Singles early, when there's Hot Singles. Yeah. Um. This is not on the Patreon, but if you go to thesecondbestgame.club, That'll take you to the feed for... Sorry, I interrupted you. 
I was trying to go after you give us all the money and the $5, you get exclusive bonus episodes that you talked about. You can then go over to abnormal mapping. Yeah. Where you are going to be on a one-off episode, but I'm always on a podcast yes. called Around the Long Fire. People should go listen to the Tulip episode in particular. Yeah. Which you brought up earlier, but that was a good episode. I really liked the Tulip episode of Around no. the Long Fire. Secondbestgame.club. Secondbestgame.club. Molly, Nora, and I recorded a two-hour episode about Starfield earlier today that should be out this week, hopefully. Um, Nora has a funeral to attend to in Texas later this week, so hopefully she'll be able to get that edited before she goes, uh, but she's also working like every day between now and then, so journal might be late. Next, next month after Starfield... Molly and Nora are doing Resident Evil 4, one of my favorite video games of all time. I might show up for that episode. We'll see. We will see. I'm not going to drop Persona 4 to play Resident Evil 4. I've played Resident Evil 4 seven times, probably. So. so are you not, done? The, not the remake. Not the remake. Are you done with your plugs? Because I'm done with my plugs. I'm done with my plugs. Yeah, I'm a vampire. Let me bite you. Have kept me up and shaking The clock is ticking as the thoughts invade my head No escape and every single breath I'm taking It's fucking pointless still I'm stuck inside my bed If only there was someone away out from this free run Cause I'm tired of living every night in a dumb detective days We're lost in the commotion, I'm feeling your emotion If you hold me close it gets so high you'll probably end my life So what if it's painful or unstable I will devour every bit until I hear you Yeah. 